You are now in possession of the Rebel FM podcast. Hello and welcome to Rebel FM episode 19. Crooked penis. I, I made a crooked penis. That is as prepared as I've ever seen you. I've uh, I've often heard that people always talk about how their 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 dong tilts off to one side or the other. But uh, in my case, I think it's just too small to tilt off one way or the other. <laughs> just face a straight ahead. <laughs> I just wanted to make Tyler uncomfortable, which is hard to do. Yeah, very sounds hard. sounds like you're smoking pot or something. No, that was just Tyler fucking suppressing, like, a, a laugh and a cry at the same time. Like, he's not sure, should I laugh at this? Should uh, I be fucking sad for you? Um, so anyways, let's talk about uh, games we've been playing. Uh, Tyler's gonna kick us off with stale, Tales of fucking Punch-Out. That's what I want to hear. Punch-Out. Two exclamation points. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to pronounce those or not. Um, Punch-Out! Out! Yeah, yeah. So I've been riding the super guide for my cheats. So go look at it and tell me how wrong I'm fighting all the fighters. Was it? Are you putting it up as you work on it, or are um, you trying to finish it and then put it up? Oh no! I, I, yeah, actually, we got quite a bit up. We have all the way up through the first playthrough of fighters. So if you don't know, there's uh, I think there's 14 fighters in Punch Out, and you play all the way through the career mode once. And for the most part, the fighters, if you've ever played the Super NES version, if you've ever played the NES version, you know what to expect. You know, they might have a few new tricks. And, uh, and you know, it's fun. It's like, it brings back all the good old times. But then after you beat Mr. Sandman, it opens up title defense mode, where the game turns into a different game. It just turns into a... I mean, it's the same game, but all the fighters are no, different. it's a hell spawn of Satan. <laughs> Uh, so to give an example, one of the things I know is that like when like Glass Joe, for example, will knock you out. Like Glass Joe has always been like the joke of the Punch Out games. Like he's the French he's the tutorial with the Glass Jaw. Yeah, uh, I guess when you fight him in title defense mode, he has headgear. Yeah. So you, he doesn't. His glass jaw is protected. Mm-hmm. Man, makes him actually. I know for a fact that when I when I picked Tyler up today, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And when I picked Tyler up today, he looked like 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 kind of like a person that's been broken. I have, yeah, I, you he's know, been walking around like somebody who just heard really bad news, dude. And it's it's funny that I just finished 1984 the other day because I I really feel like I went through the the torture and interrogation that Winston Smith went through. Like, oh god, I feel like I should be you know devoting myself to double think, but well. It is a Nintendo flagship title. Yeah. And I mean, so so we've been posting um, some of the t- title defense strategies. And, you know, for, for the most part, if you try the fights several times, you'll eventually beat the guys. But man, when I got to Great Tiger, holy shit. I'm not kidding you. I probably played him for five hours straight. Came close to beating him a few times. That's and the worst. God, writing is fun. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Like, 
every fighter has their special moves, right? And then they have the normal attacks. King, uh, Great Tiger's normal attacks, you know, I can have perfect rounds with him. It's just his special is so cheap. <laughs> it just like one hits you? Well, it's not that it, it's not a one hit special, but it takes off a shitload of damage. And so if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're familiar with Great Tiger, he's, he's the Indian fighter who uh, duplicates himself, like use like a little mirage to trip you up and he'll come from the left or the right and you kind of have to like, uh, either dodge or attack the m- the more opaque fighter because the other one's just a mirage. And this one, there's like this... everyone knows that Indian people are crafty with those mirages. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know how they train them snakes, but <laughs> the crooked penis. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. If I ever have a snake, I'm gonna name him Crooked Penis. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome name for a snake. Um, or just phallic like symbol, maybe. Yeah. That too. That could be the last name. Crooked penis phallic symbol. <laughs> That's a really awkward name. <laughs> so yeah, but so you know, like I'm. Oh man! And the only way I eventually beat Great Tiger was if you lose a hundred times, you unlock headgear. <laughs> and. Like, not only did I feel like I neutered myself the first time I got knocked out by Glass Joe, it's like, here I am, you know, at one time, you, you know, I was a a wish a wishful employee of 1UP at a job interview one day, and here I am, all these 1UP regulars walking past me, seeing me fighting the same guy for five <laughs> hours, must think I'm some kind of... Idiot. Dullard. That's not the worst you Wii, know, Wii game experience we've seen someone have on a review or, or guide, right? Really? Yeah. Enlighten me. No. Well, some others. No, we can, not, on, <laughs> not on the air. We can tell you okay. maybe not on we'll the do air. That. We'll do that then. But, but at the same time, though, despite all those things, despite the fact that I now hate the game and, <laughs> you know, really wish... And pain like to, on myself instead like to, of having to finish. Like, you'd like to burn down the treehouse for bringing it over to the States. Yeah. You know, um, but despite all that, I still think it's a a really well-made, well-designed game. It, you know, Arthur, you were telling me earlier, you really like Ninja Gaiden games. You like difficult games. Like, if you're that personality type, this is for you. As I've said before, like I like slow-paced games. I mean, I also walk around and punch myself in the balls sometimes. This, I was going <laughs> to say this game does require like a lot of twitch, like seeing oh, it right the second it oh. comes. Oh, <laughs> uh. do you consider yourself a, a Street Fighter player of you know of the caliber that counts frames? If you check yes, then you'll enjoy Punch Out. Which is weird because I mean, every, like a lot of the stuff I'm reading in my my experience with it at GDC, which was admittedly much more limited than yours, is just that it's more like a a timing based puzzle game than a the first time through. Yes, the, the the first career mode when you're going through the the major world, you know, through the circuits. Yes, very much so. Title defense. It is a fighting game, hands down. I you know. I would dare anyone to try and say otherwise. No. It is a fighting game. Period. Hopefully we'll get a copy of it soon. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it's good. I'm just not... You know, I, I've, I've never been one of these gamers who are... Who are, like, godly, you know? 
Chris, that I has never been gonna say, I thought you were going to say good. Uh, I mean, I, even good. No. I, yeah, I, I've never been a fighting game person either. I yeah. would probably hate this shit. I so. mean, so it's a great game. It just makes me want to murder myself or someone else. I was going to say, come home and just find me <laughs> rocking and shit front like of the TV. shit like that. Usually, just makes me think like I would love to fucking cut the person that designed this part. <laughs> just cut him. I don't want him to die. I just want him to bleed and have a scar that reminds him of me. You know, I went home yesterday and like forever. My face was twitching. The back of my neck was twitching. (laughs) While you're while you're around all these people and you're trying not to make a fucking scene and all you can think about is how bad you just want to break something. uh, Jonathan Blow would say this game is immoral. (laughs) He would, and I would agree. Holy balls, it's hard. <laughs> I'm on Super Macho Man. Or not, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Soda Popinski in the top. I was about to say, man, that'd be awesome. So that's I how heard, far I've I heard got. Soda Popinski's name in the original, like in Japan, was called like like Vodka Drunkinski. Like it was t- something totally. Oh, that shit. That would make sense. And they, d- makes... and they changed it to Soda Popinski. I mean, there's you a lot mention, of, there's You couldn't a, mention alcohol here in America. There's a lot games. of instances of that. Not, not the fact that it's not like, like, it's like fucking so racist. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no. There, I mean, there are a lot of situations alcohol. like that in the 80s on Nintendo. I mean, st- like even Castlevania didn't come over here uncut. Like there's a bunch of stuff that got cut from Castlevania, like religious symbols and blood and stuff like that. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then I don't know that it makes sense now. I mean, yeah. didn't they change uh, Honda's name? Yeah, it to used Hondo? to be Piston Honda. Now it's Piston Hondo. Even though I guess Doc Doc Lewis is it Lewis Doc Lewis? Yeah, Doc Lewis. Uh, it still calls him Honda. Oh really? I don't know. Yeah. He has he has a lot of great lines in between the matches. But I've heard that it, the, yeah. his voice acting is actually super good. It is. It's really good. One thing that I'm kind of uh, that, that that did kind of bum me out. Because I feel like this Punch-Out, and this is just a minor thing, I feel like its presentation didn't have the charm of the NES version. For example, in between bouts, you know, you were basically given, you know, it shows Little Mac and Doc Lewis in their corner, and he's giving them a rundown like, hey, do this, you know, to dodge that. But now it's just more vague generalities. You know, Doc, he, he hardly gives you any actual advice you can use, you know. Like... Dodge the punches. No <laughs> shit. You know? I mean, He's getting tired in his old yeah. age. So. He's just punch drunk. Or he's just like, he's just like basically losing his mind. Gotta, <laughs> you gotta dodge. You gotta dodge the punches. Boop! In the, Boop! In the corner. And Chocolate pist- bar. Piston Honda. It's like, punches. uh. Punchy, the uh, the boxer and adventure brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used to be a brother, but I get to mess him up. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. Did you guys ever watch that? Um, it was a really short-run animated show, and I think it was made by the people who did Dr. Katz. It's called Home Movies. Uh, that wasn't that short a run. I think that went on for a long There was like time. three or four seasons. I, I know think. Home Movies, but I yeah. never watched any of it. It was a great coach character. Is that how he talked? A little. Okay. Yeah. No. But not really. I don't know why. It just made me think of it. Blah. Anyway. Okay. Punch out makes Tyler want to punch things. Like right now, like I like when I smile, I I, I really feel like my uh like my cheek and my face is just I feel like a nervous wreck. Like I've Tyler goes home and like 
beats a homeless person before he gets home so he doesn't beat Jody. I'm just picturing like Jody waking Tyler up in the middle of the night saying, Tyler, you're grinding your teeth. Yeah. Oh, man. It stresses me out. Nah, that's cool. So, uh, what else have you been doing? Um, so I've managed, so in Fallout 3, I've managed to get out of the pit and really started to, you know, get my hands on some of the broken steel content. And then what else I decided to do, since I'm running a good karma character now, is um, Fox is now running with me, which yeah. I didn't know how you got him to run with you in the first hand, on the, but in you, the first did place. Did you start making your way through the story and you acquired him? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I'm aware that you eventually lose him, so I'm going to kind of... If you run through the storyline, don't don't you lose your... Arthur never lost him. No, I'm I'm running around with Fox now. Fox is even scarier now that I'm in the, after the Broken Steel stuff was added than he was before. Oh, really? Cool. Because, right. I mean, now that there are guys that shoot fire balls uh-huh. at you, like... Which, that weapon is awesome! Fox constantly runs out and, like, just screams at the top of his lungs. And, like, and, and he'll he'll get hit with, like, a flaming projectile and be on fire. And so there's, like, this super mutant, like... Standing there screaming at the top of his lungs with yeah. a, a laser minigun, like, on fire. <laughs> He's so badass. Yeah. Fox is my favorite thing about that game. So what I decided to do was get Fox, and I knew that around the time you get Fox, you could do the multiple companion exploit. So I did that. Really? Yeah. And uh, so now I have Star Paladin Cross and Fox with me. And, like, so Star Paladin has a minigun. Fox has the Gatling gun laser. <laughs> the laser. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure we're a lawn mowing service. Star Paladin Cross got killed with me. While she in was in some waiting. way or shape. Or, in fact, I think she got killed so bad she was blown into pieces. Oh fuck! Yeah, we yeah I took him to the Death Claw Sanctuary and just ran from one end to the other and just let him go nuts and kill mm-hmm. everything. Yep. So that is awesome. Yeah, they are pretty awesome in that way. <laughs> um. Have you gotten? So, did you did you get past the quote unquote ending? No, I. Oh, so you still. That's what I was saying. Like I, I was under the assumption that you lose your companions when no. you go through with the storyline. So now, hell, I'm gonna go through it. Why not? Ring, ding, ding. No, um, previously. So, the way the ending was originally, um, there's a sort of. There's a thing that happens, and you have two choices. And originally, you couldn't involve any of your underlings in that decision. And, and that's what really pissed people off about mm-hmm. the Fallout ending, is that there was there were a few very clear possibilities for what you could do to solve this problem that had this arbitrary block in place mm-hmm. to keep you right. from doing that. Um, and Bethesda actually said that the reason for this is because they added in the higher... The, uh, the companion so late mm. that the story w- for the end was already written. Yeah. But I guess now um, you can actually use the underling or the the companions in that in that end game scenario in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you'll lose them. It sounded like you were fighting a demon coming out of your stomach. I was fighting a uh, a hiccup and burp. Dude, my brother has this thing, and it's really disgusting. Like he hiccups before he burps, so he go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like a croak. He's like a frog. Yeah, it's so horrible, dude. Yeah, it is awesome. <laughs> I want to hear it though. That's just me. Um. So so, where are you at this point? 
Um, I'm literally outside. I just got through the Deathclaw Sanctuary um, and just got through um, coming from the Enclave, uh, you know, Raven Rock. Raven Rock. Yeah, so, and then... Did you get the bobblehead in Raven Rock? Um, maybe. Where is it? I don't remember. I just know that there's a bobblehead in Raven Rock, and if you don't get it, then you are... That's your only chance? I'm always really thorough, and I know I have three bobbleheads that I have not placed in my container, so I got the one in the sanctuary, and uh, so, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Bollocks. I don't know. Maybe I did. (laughs) Bollocks. Um, It's hard to tell. So I take it you saw the the announcement of all the Fallout 3 DLC. Oh, yes. I did. (laughs) And for number one, that makes me really happy because PS3 owners are going to be able to enjoy some of the content, which I think is really rare. Finally, yeah, Yeah. they're they're releasing. I think they're releasing the first of it in June, and Uh then they'll release it after that. And then they said like uh, like, uh, maybe a a one or two month gap between each following? Yeah, they're... I mean, they... They implied again that it's it's technical, like the reasons behind it. Um, so one of the the pro more one of the the caveats in place is that there will be no retail version of the PS3 DLC, like there will be on 360 mm. or PC. Okay. Um, because I I guess they just can't figure out mm-hmm. a way to integrate that c- properly with the rest of the game. Um, am I correct in understanding that there's going to be two ways to get some of this extra content at retail, like? A physical copy of just the DLC and then the Game of the Year edition with the there will DLC? Be, Am I, uh, yeah, there will be confused. three ways to get all the DLC. Um, you can buy it online. They're going to start packaging DLC together in pairs. Oh, cool. Um, so the first one will be um, Operation Anchorage in the Pit, and then the next one will be the, uh, the Broken Steel. And I'm trying to remember which ones they're adding like in what order like there's yeah, the there's, alien abduction and there's another that's, one that's the last one and yeah. the next one that's coming in june takes place in a swamp land yeah yeah exactly um, which i mean i guess makes sense because a lot of dc was actually naturally a swamp land before mm-hmm. it was but converted but to before capital. we move on to those i wanted to touch on something with operation anchorage because a lot of people didn't enjoy that content but i really did and i think since i've done my companion exploit exploit i know why it's because in operation anchorage you get more than one follower you'll get a squad and even though they die quickly they're just kind of fodder they're whatever they're essentially holograms i just think that's an awesome dynamic in the fallout universe the fact that you can have more than one follower with you you know and and not only were they just they weren't just generic soldiers either like you could pick Grenadier class, assault class, yeah, sniper there was, class. Like I, that seemed really cool to me. There was the implication of the strategy. I don't know if I ever really felt like that. Whether that or not it made a difference. Anything. Now that's um, when you, yeah, when you get, yeah. But I mean, I I went into to Operation Anchorage with a character that was well suited for it because I have like a stealthy character. Yeah. That hits things from super far away. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed Anchorage. Okay, I just. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was amazing. Yeah. You do get some great loot. There's really yeah, the stealth suit. It's fucking. It's one of the coolest looking pieces of armor in the game. Actually, in my main save, I don't have the Operation Anchorage thing done, so I should go and do it. Do that. Do that. Um, but yeah, I'm I. I think the only thing that that sort of bothers me about the Fallout thing is that they'll have released fifty dollars worth of DLC. I immediately thought of that too, and I'm like, yep. 
I'm going to be spending $100 on this game. And I have the sneaking suspicion that they'll release at least one more that they haven't announced yet. Um, because they're bundling their DLC in packs of two. Mm-hmm. So if they want to release that last one yeah. with something, that makes sense. Uh, it does mean that if you get the Game of the Year edition in September, then you're getting a hell of a deal. Yes. Um, that is probably the most game for the money of, of anything since Oblivion came out. As yeah. far as per hour? Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, that, that's true. Overwritten only by Persona. Persona games. <laughs> right. Persona games are cheap, and they have obscene like the amount of time yeah. that that goes in that game is. Well, I stupid. mean, the, with Persona, is it grinding forever, or is it exploring? As far new as areas, I know, the games or? are just ridiculously long. I know that at Giant Bomb, they're doing their endurance on a Persona that's been going for like uh, almost a hundred hours or something. So, what like exactly that. is that? I'm not too familiar with Persona, Persona, how it's laid out. I'm not too familiar, and I, and I know Giant Bomb. My my vague understanding of it is you're these kids that go to a school. I, uh-huh. And at and at night, you you kill yourself, yourself to go into a dungeon, and you're always working your way through the same dungeon, like perpetually trying to get to the end or something. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like. And so a lot of it's also participating in school. So yeah, there's like a semi dating sim element to yeah. it, and uh, the characters are really likable in Persona, from my understanding. And that's one of the things that people like the most about it. And there's actually a a presumably gay. Uh, major character in Persona 4, which is interesting too. Cool, and it's handled in a really cool way. Yeah. Which you, one? You, Arthur has the amazing ability to all of a sudden turn his voice into a fucking whisper. It it's is. not that it's a whisper; it's just that it's like the it registers so low that it doesn't pick up on the mic very. Yeah, well. it was amazing. I was like, "Words are still coming out." <laughs> <laughs> it's Sorry. really hard to talk to me on the phone. But so. uh, you know, speaking of gay characters in game, Punch Out, Disco Kid, man, I like it. You know. See more. Is he gay or is he just fat? Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's more than fat. I mean, I fought him. He didn't seem seem gay. Did you see the part where he jumps over the camera, going "Wee"? <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> I don't know, Tyler. We all live in San Francisco, so I'm sure. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't know if I consider it gay until I see him humping the cameraman instead of just saying "wee." <laughs> Or the camera, you know. <laughs> he's not gay, he's just... Uh, no, if he, like, started wrapping his mouth around the camera lens, then I would say, that could be gay. Could be. But until then, I'm just like, who knows? Right. Or so where that, that guy in Persona... Sorry, go ahead. That guy in Persona 4, like, has some kind of fantasy where he is interested in a dude. So that's identifiably into guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this podcast isn't going to go up till Thursday, right? Yes. Okay. Why is something embargoed? Yeah. So I can talk. I can talk with you about Red Dead Revolver, Redemption, Uh-oh. Redemption. Well, were you done? Did you have anything? Yeah, else honestly, to talk about? that's because of Punch Out. Uh, that's all I've been playing is Punch Out. Well, you say that, but how many hours did you put into Fallout? Dude, man, not as much as I would like, really. Because, um, yeah, really, not much at all. Like I, I turned that the, game on, and I hours the, disappear. Right. I did the Raven Rock mission, and then I went through the Death Claw Sanctuary. It's all done. So Red Dead Redemption uses the uh, the same engine as GTA 4. And uses Euphoria physics. I made sure, but specifically, I guess it mostly uses Euphoria physics for uh, the animations of the people and the animals. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that 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 you say that about the animals, but the animals, I guess, are like a huge deal. Like the whole time I was seeing the demo, they kept on emphasizing to us 
that the team at San Diego, there's like a branch of them that they've like focused on just developing the the ecology of the desert. So you'll be How riding, cool would it be you'll be riding through, like and all of a sudden you'll see like coyotes like methodically hunting down a rabbit and stuff like that, and you can interfere or not, yeah. or like. You'll be riding through the desert, and it'll be like high sun, so there'll be a, a, rat, a rattlesnake out of, out on a rock. So if you ride off the trail, like your horse will get scared and like all of a sudden freak out and start bucking. That's cool, man. So, and I saw him shoot a rabbit with uh, his quick draw thing, and it went flying like fifty yards. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> God. That's the thing. Like I remember the whole time I was sitting there with my boss Will, he was like, "Man, Peter's gonna freak the fuck out." Because he, he was shooting horses. I'm like, this isn't the first game you could shoot horses, man. I shoot horses all the time in, in gun. Yeah. But the Not only that, that, but I, like, run horses into other horses. But the difference <laughs> right. in gun is that when they die, you know, like, horses just kind of, like, they do, like, a tumble, but it doesn't look that real. Yeah. Whereas with the euphoria good. physics going on, like, you know, we've all seen the tech demos of the Star Wars guys that were, like, grabbing boxes that looked way real. Like, this is the same thing, except now imagine... Like with horses, where they're like rolling in, and guys oh, are getting trampled underneath. Brutal. And like, and uh, and they they actually mocapped horses for it too. Really? So they they put a horse in fucking a, like a paint suit so they could mocap it. So Whoa. it has some of the better looking horses I've ever seen, and it was just insane. Like I'd watch him like guys would roll up on like a four horse wagon, and he would just shoot like two, and all of a sudden would like not be able to operate right and stuff like that. Or I saw this part where he rolled into, like, a ghost town, and a shootout occurred, and just the way that the guys would, like, grab at their gut, or, like, if you uh, shot at their feet, they would do, like, the whole dance thing, and stuff like that. I'm really curious to know how well the gunplay in that game works, because, I mean, in Grand Theft Auto, it was better than it was in past GTAs, but I still wouldn't say that the gunplay is good in Grand Theft Auto 4. I think, I think the gunplay in GTA 4... I would say it is good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not yeah, going to say it's great, but I, liked it a I, lot too. I never, I never feel. To me, like some of the things with the cover mechanic and like with the running and the responsiveness are weird. But like in terms of uh, you know, the aiming where they put the camera and like how quickly you know if a guy is to my left, I can spin around and you know put a beat on him. I feel like those things work well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've they've added a there is a cover mechanic in this as well for sure, but. uh I mean, did it look like the shooting in GTA Four, or did it look like it had? I mean, there was still like when, uh, like when you were when you were walking normally. I didn't see people like locking on or anything like that. He was definitely more just like a, a third person shooter, and the depth of field they had on it was ridiculous as well. Um, but uh, but uh, when he was on horses and stuff, there was there was definitely some aim assist for sure. Like aim oh, assist, aim assist is fine, I but mean... like a lock on, like a lock on as well, like to help out with when you're on horses because. People are hauling ass in that game sometimes on a horse. And it takes place in the early 20th century, right? Like yeah, so there are telegraph lines. And, uh, and like, uh, I guess, supposedly, like, you know, since there are telegraph lines, that's how they make sense of the fact that even though you'll travel really far, there will be, there will, like, that's how people, like, sheriffs and stuff will find out about you. And, uh, but a big, oh, okay. a big thing they want of this world is since there's going to be a lot less people, because it's obviously not a city like Liberty City, they want it to be still more densely packed than Liberty City was. Like, like when you see people, like, like the towns will like there will only be a few people in the town, but it'll be like in a way more like you know in Liberty City you didn't see people that often on the streets. You did, but you didn't like like for how many like what the population should have been like. What this place looks like is when you see a town for a small town, it will really seem like a small town, like where the town's actually like and the town center's actually kind of bustling on the way it should be. And well, I guess current gen technology is more suited to that level of population. right. And I guess. Uh, You'll see, supposedly, like, a lot of it's just, you know, 
you might be wandering down the street or down the trail and then you'll just see like guys robbing a train you can either like hop in and help rob the train and you might get something from that or you could you know stop them you might get something from that there's like all kinds of moments to like that that won't be scripted but are just going on in the world they want you to be able to make a choice to join in or not yeah it seems like i was reading some um i I forget where where i was reading it probably game informer uh (laughs) prop no but um they were talking about how you know you could see you you know you might see a mountain lion attack an innocent bystander or something you know just like jump out of the bushes yeah if they're just walking down the road yeah yeah Mountain lions are supposedly pretty deadly in that game. Mm-hmm. So, how does and the game look? It looks fantastic. It, it's like when I saw it, it had a pretty bad frame rate, but that's usually something that comes towards the end, anyways. Like I know a lot of people said when they saw GTA Four and were told it was coming out that year, they were like, "No fucking way!" Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that, I mean that was something that came together real late for GTA Four. Yeah, that's the thing is like you know when I was talking to the guys at Rockstar, they were telling me it's not like. Rockstar San Diego may be the studio that's going to have like their name put on it, but ever since uh, GTA 4 was like the first game they really did it with, but nowadays like Rockstar works very much as like where they they make sure that they get all the studios in on it. Really? It isn't like they just have one studio doing things huh. now. Like they'll like be like, uh, we know that the studio here does this really well, so make them do this part of that game, and then we'll all bring it back together. Man. And so, because that way, that's how they can power through something in a shorter amount of time. Because mm-hmm. I guess they kind of felt like maybe they were missing out by having all these studios be so completely separate from one another. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that 2K would prefer that they release their. Or is it two, Take Two or take 2K? Two. I'm sure that Take Two would be thrilled if Rockstar released games more often. Well, yeah, and I mean, this game's coming out this year, supposedly, and. Uh, they said they're going to have a pretty huge campaign, like not quite on the scale of Grand Theft Auto 4, but you'll see posters and shit for mm-hmm. it everywhere and stuff. Like, they they really want to try and cross this over with a lot more of the audience that would by GTA and stuff. Because even though it's a Western game, it's still very much like a very serious adult game with like a, a real mm-hmm. story. Like the main characters, uh, like an ex an ex hardcore criminal, and. And so far, the media that they've released for it, as far as, like, advertising, is very striking visually. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, you're, like, a ex-con who's basically the early version of the FBI is caught up with you, even though you moved out to the middle of nowhere. And they're, like, either they're going to put you in jail for life, or you can help kill all the guys that you were in a gang with. So that's, like, the basic plot of the game. That is go from, there. from a movie. Well. There was a, a movie that had a guy... Guy Pierce, or I think, called the Proposition. Surprise, surprise! A couple years story, ago, a story. That well, it takes place in Australia, but uh, I'm just saying. But basically, they like have this guy and his brother, and they tell him that unless he can find their older brother, who's like the worst of the three, that he's gonna hang the younger brother. Right. I'm sure this is a story that's been told a bajillion times in a bajillion different ways, but the, I'm not really like that game is like one game that like the storyline looks okay to me, but just exploring some fucking west and killing a bunch of cowboys and i don't know oh man and Dude, and like my other things people were pointing out was like some of the other shit they're going to potentially get in trouble for because there are definitely black people in the towns right and i'm saying this because you can definitely lasso someone and drag them behind your horse to death whoa like and so people were like how long is it going to be until people are doing some fucking foul lynching shit or something like that so they just make it so that people of 
of differing ethnicities in Red Dead Redemption are like children in Fallout 3. What happens when you kill children you in Fallout can't, 3? You can't kill children in Fallout oh, 3. You can't shoot them. You can't do anything to children oh, okay. in Fallout 3 except sell them into slavery. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is like... <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely lasso the shit out of people. Wow. So. Hopefully yeah, you can't also about how like uh, lasso mechanics were they, you know how they had a really hard time like you wouldn't think but the rope mechanics were difficult for them to nail down and and also man just like dude playing through gun has made me a western convert I used to always look at western themed stuff as just kind of generic you know and I, I kind of talked about this a little bit on game club but just because you know growing up. All my toys were like brand associated, like G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles. Well, yeah, that was after. Uh, There's no Western the law, brand. Well, what happened is that the law changed when you were a kid that yes. basically allowed advertisers to create television shows to sell things to children. Mm-hmm. Thanks to. Was that Reagan? Yes, that was yes. Reagan. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's why I love Ninja Turtles so much. For animated commercials. Otherwise, well, the Ninja Turtles started as as something else. But the was... cartoon was very much to sell me toys. Oh, exactly. The comic was different, but the cartoon was very much to yeah. sell me toys, and I still loved it. But yeah, man, Gone has made me a Western convert, and I am shitballs excited. Yeah, I mean, you should. Dead Red Revolver, Dead Redemption. Man. Oh, Redemption, sorry, looks, sorry. It looks like I think that's going to be a game of the fall. That's, that's looking, it's looking fantastic. So. Man, this year is shaping up nice. Well, even in the summer right now, it's looking pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, even it's been a good summer. It's been a good year even so in the next far. Month, like, there's been a lot the of really good month, stuff spread out. Like the next thirty days, we have prototype, we have infamous, infamous we have uh, overlord if you care, which I do. Hey, and, and, overlord and, and you great. got and you got a maybe this time if I buy overlord, I'll actually play it instead of just watching you play. Through and you my have copy. red, you have red <laughs> faction coming out. Yeah. As well. red faction. Ah, oh, fuck! I need to. Red faction gorilla is a purchase on day one for me. Man, good games. So, like I said, yeah, there are quite... And that's just the ones I can think of off the top of my head. I know there are others, too. Yeah. Um, you know, Bionic Commando yesterday, for anyone who cares. Uh, and uh, there should be people out there that care, which we can talk about later. But We can talk about it right now. Well, I was going to ask you, you went to the EA event. Was there anything else that's not embargoed anymore that you can talk about? Nope. It's all still embargoed. Really? Yep. Moving on. All right, so let's talk about Bionic Commando and get it out of the way. Because I don't really want to talk about it because I've been thinking about it all day. Oh, well, I want to talk about it. I know, so let's talk about it. Uh, well, I mean, why don't you sum up what you think about it? Maybe that'll help you, you write can, your review. You can sum Oh, the review's already written. Oh, is and it? up at GameSpy.com. Is, is it the first review you did? For GameSpy, yeah. GameSpy. It, was pretty, it was pretty tough because I haven't written a review since before I got laid off. So I was a little bit out of practice. Yeah. I turned in 726 words. When Ryan was done with it, it was 479. Really? Yeah. That seems awfully short for that game. Well, but that's because we have this new template where it's my review up front, and then after that it's me talking about what other sites said and stuff. So it oh, goes into more cool. than that. So, hmm. but, uh, so we are trying like a shorter initial review right up front. Well, with Ryan Scott. But to be fair, you can say a lot of stuff in that many words as long oh, as... Because when I was like, not to knock other sites in particular, I won't say any names... There are a lot of sites that are, and it's not just who you're thinking. No, it's I like, mean, you like can talk shit about my review of it if of you sites want. Who wrote like uh, three pages about it, and they're going into the specifics of like this type of enemy 
who you can only hurt by attacking him from behind. Which is like, like half of the enemies. And you're just like, I don't need to know that. Like, that's right. not a point in the yeah. review. Like, I make it a point in any review I do not to talk about shit like that and not to sit there and go into, like, like the, the story of the tortured character or something. Like, you don't, mm-hmm. like, I think that got added in by Ryan, which is fine, because I guess he felt that that was needed. But seriously, it's like every preview and review going to that game, they explained who Nathan Spencer was every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. It's like It's like every preview. I don't know. It just doesn't need well you can sum up his character in like a sentence which is that nathan spencer was the bionic commando from the last game who was thrown in jail and put on death row i said he's a fucking bionically enhanced soldier soldier with a chip on his shoulder and i said think snake plus i hate you for making that rhyme i didn't mean to but i said think snake Pliskin from escape from la but give him a fucking robot arm with a hot dog arm and and you're not too far from the truth (laughs) that was a good one um but yeah, so you know, I ended up giving it a three stars. You can read my review. Out of three out of five. Really? So yeah, because I was looking at the scale, and if you read the scale, Game Spy, that makes sense. Three stars is still good. It is a good game. So it, it is a it is a good game, but it is. I mean, go read like having now read all these other sites' reviews it to is get a, a consensus. Flawed. Game. That's that's the thing is everyone always talks about it. it's a good game, but not as good as it could have been. You know, and it's like the multiplayer is fun. But the multiplayer is ultimately not going to make you stop playing anything you've been playing. And it's easily exploitable in a lot of ways. Like the levels, some of the levels are really well designed. And then some of them have like a really key weapon in such a good spot that you can sit there and camp its respawn and just fucking kill anyone that tries to come up to you and take it. So I would just sit there and rack kills and just camp this one weapon. Like, you know, you, you don't have to play as a whore, but if you're not doing it, someone else is doing it. That's one game I think didn't need multiplayer. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's but cool the thing that it's is, there. That I point out in my review is that, you know, a lot of games you play multiplayer and you're like, motherfucker, you tack that on, you fucked me up in my single player. But in this one, you play it and you're like, wow, this is this is way more fun than it has any right to be. So it is it is still a lot of fun, especially... And the single player doesn't feel like it, it had short shrift because the multiplayer is present. Yeah, the single player feels like it, it had short shrift because the storyline is, is anus. I pointed out in my review that, <laughs> that, uh, that I, I, even after beating it, I had to talk with Arthur to try and make myself understand it. And even then, I still didn't understand it. And I think Ryan cut it you out. You talked with me twice about it, actually. I think Ryan cut it out, to what I said, but I said I, I had read medical journals, and, and I believe what this is what, a, <laughs> this is what happens after a traumatic experience where you just forget things intentionally so as not to remember them. <laughs> so It's just there's, there's a, a pretty big twist, and some people will, will freak out and like it, and other people will just be, that's dumb. Yeah, I, I, just, um, I just thought it was it was really dumb. But even still, like even if you just fucking mash A and or X and skip through the uh, the cutscenes, like at which you can do, which is nice. Um, through most of them. Yeah, through most of them except like the initial one. Although honestly, there aren't even that many cutscenes until like the last third of the game. It's true, but a lot of them are so dumb too. Like, like literally. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not. And the game seems it. to look wor- at its worst. In, in cut the cutscenes, yeah, like it looks great. Does it, does it use the in-game engine? Yeah, it does. And it, it's it, just when you're seeing it up close and they look big, it's it's obvious. I, I mean, it's just like the bad. character model looks worse in the cutscenes than I feel like he does up close during the rest of the game for whatever right. reason. Um, but uh, I mean, besides that, like even just giving past it, it is still really fun. Like swinging through the environments. Like I think it might have been David from One Up that said that he didn't really like feel that the environments were like designed that well. 
Whereas me, like, I felt the the environments were designed perfectly yeah. to fucking make swinging through it like a ninja. Like, like you know, in that game, I, I told Arthur there are times that I felt like the predator. Like, I'd be swinging through the fucking trees. I'd see guys beneath me. I'd, like, shoot one grenade, drop down, do, like, a like the crashing thing the where I'd slam down in him, death from above. And then I'd, like, grab one guy, throw him, grab a box, throw it into another guy, and then I'd fucking swing away. And there's, like, one guy left shooting. Like, <laughs> all my friends are dead. <laughs> and the music is excellent. Yeah, actually, oh, the, I, Grin, they have the best music. Well, I mean, like, people right really complimented um, the uh, the music and the the remixed version of the Bionic Commando. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't point that out in my review, but the the music is is fantastic. Yeah. and it's not so totally obvious. Like, there's good sort of more more moody, atmospheric stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it. One thing I did kind of notice is it does sort of remind me of Halo in spots, like especially the title screen music. Yeah, well, that's music from the original game, I think, too. Is it really? Just, I think just redone on piano, like, really soft. Uh, yeah, it is. I know exactly what you're talking um, about. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, the interface is cool. But I, I actually thought, uh, you know, like, one of the things I said that a lot of people kind of agreed with me about is that, even like, it does some things really cool, but then it gets kind of repetitive, too. It's like, how many minefields am I going to disable and then swing across? I don't even understand why they had to call it a minefield, because it's nothing that blows up. No, they it shock just, you. It shocks the fuck out of you if you get near it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I liked it. I'm I'm glad that I have it in my collection of games. So I, I think if you just want, like, like I guess the what I likened it to in my review is, like, it's like a popcorn summer action flick that you go in, you watch it, not to be fucking moved, you just watch it to see something and walk out and be like, that was that fucking was cool. entertaining. And that's um, how I felt about it. I really like the challenge system. Because the challenge system is connected with achievements, but it's done in such a way that the challenge system is rewarding you with stuff in-game, for the most part. So, if you complete challenges, it'll give you bonuses, like more armor, more life, or more ammo for weapons, or more grenades, or whatever. Um, and most of the, or a lot of them are, are clever, and one of one of the things I liked about achievements originally is that they can encourage you to play a game in a way that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise, mm -hmm. just to get you to try different things. Like Geometry Wars achievements were like that specifically, um, and it feels like that's the way that that a lot of the the challenges are in Bionic Commando. Um, are they really really hard? The no, a lot. Difficult? They range from being some hard to, to some of them just being like you all of a sudden be like challenge unlocked, and you'd be like. Well, Usually it's after you did something cool. Yeah, it'd right. be like you killed five guys with one shot of a rocket yeah. launcher or something. I'm just thinking of, like, Bionic Commando rearmed the challenge rooms in that game. Like, that were just incredibly hard. It's I like guess those were actually, the like, other. they didn't realize until really late that the challenge rooms in rearmed were too hard. And they had to cut, like, 30 of them. Ryan really? Scott said he thought it was dumb that you could jump in Bionic Commando. <laughs> so. That is kind of Welcome a thing. Welcome to the new millennium. Well, you couldn't jump in the old one. Yeah, I know. And I think yeah. it's because... And I was thinking about why that would be, and it would make sense, because you're wearing those special boots, right? So I guess maybe the boots are so heavy you can't jump? Or the arm weighs so much? I don't know. It was a game mechanic for a limited... For something with a limited technical ability. I know, I'm just saying. Right. I'm, I'm explaining it away in, in, re, in fucking lore. What's the lore? <laughs> yeah. Rationalization of I it. Think it. I mean, I think jumping in this works. It's not like yeah. you can jump super high. No, nah, you basically only use jumping as a means to get close enough to grapple onto something. Exactly. It's just there to augment swinging, which so, is the whole point of the game. Yeah. Um, I liked it. The, the reason I said it's it reminds me of Ninja Gaiden is, in a way is because... Um, 
your enjoyment of the game is going to depend a lot on on how much you're willing to invest on really learning the swinging mechanic. Um, you could probably push your way through the game quickly and not enjoy it by just like swinging from point A to point B and and throwing some stuff and being bored. But once you really get into to knowing what the arm can do and and really playing with it, that's where it gets more fun. And I I liked finding collectibles usually, but I also I looked for a lot more than you did. I didn't bother when I realized that it didn't do anything besides achievements. Yeah, well, not only that, but fuck, um, you that's, don't. That's there's no for achievement for collectibles unless you find all of them. Yeah, and, and either way, like just an achievement isn't enough, which is why the challenges in it are awesome because they do give in-game benefits. Mm-hmm. So those are worth doing to me. But otherwise, especially in a game that I'm reviewing. I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and take the chance to get all these collectibles, even if I am playing retail. So, I mean, achievements add to my enjoyment of a lot of games. They add to most everyone's enjoyment of a lot of games. So I know people that are playing both versions to get achievements and trophies. Whoa. So, but yeah, if you look at my achievement list, it probably looks like I didn't play hardly any buy in a commando. That's just because I beat it on PS3 yeah. and played 360. To but I mean, if, you, if they look at your PS3, PSN ID... You've got trophies. Yeah, it's probably the one I have all my trophies for. So, um, I also beat Broken Sword, which ended up being ten. Is hours that why you greatness. were holding up your DS triumphantly to me yesterday? Yeah, well, no, I was holding it up because I was letting it go through the credits because I wanted to see if there was anything afterwards, which there wasn't. But that's fine. Um, yeah, and and a nice user who named I can't remember bought me Broken Sword Two on Good Old Games, so I need to play through that as well. Um, but uh, beyond that, I'm trying to think if there's anything I've been playing. Uh, I played a little bit of the Terminator game. We can talk about that. That's out. Um, it's also from Grin. Yeah, so the reason that I was I had any interest whatsoever in Terminator Salvation, the game... It's because it's Terminator. Mm, no, because that wasn't enough to get me to play any of the other Terminator games. A little bit, but you knew I had it and it was free. Game? You knew I had it. Well, I mean, it's free, but it's it's a review code as opposed to retail, so I can't even get achievements for it. Ah. Going back to achievements. Um, but, I mean, I, I enjoyed Bionic Commando a lot, and I didn't think Wanted was bad. I mean, I just didn't really enjoy the mechanics, but I thought that they were creative. Um, so I thought, well, I'll, I'm curious to see how Terminator Salvation turned out, because it didn't look bad in the, the footage I had seen previously. Um do you want to sum it up? Do you want to give your summation? Uh, someone com- compared it to me like a Grin, Grin bought a game that was supposed to be made by someone else into, into another game. And someone was like, I think we could turn this into a Terminator game with the right skins. Do it. You think? Yeah, well, that's what someone said. But to me, it just feels like a game that was made in less than a year. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think the development cycle was like 18 months or something like that. I bet you it's not even that long. I mean, maybe total like from when they got a design doc and they sat down and did it but how much of that time was grin focusing all its team on doing bionic commando and it was technically still being developed you know what i mean like i bet you the actual development time was a lot less like, yeah, yeah we're working on it i they had three like full full retail projects underway at the same time that's what i'm saying so i can't i have to imagine that one was on the back but they're like that's eh, our license game as long as it gets done right to some capacity like, you know, as long as characters don't quite look like they're sliding across the floor when they move. Like, it's got some really bad animation. The, anim- the animation is for, even for the, ter- like, when a Terminator looks too stiff, 
yeah. you know that they probably could have spent more time on the animations. Wow. <laughs> and it's so it's so spotty because like at one point you'll see a T six hundred break through a wall and look like a marionette, and then you'll see a cutscene with a T six hundred and they move as you would expect it to, which is with a certain amount of of not grace but but speed. Yeah, we'll have a review going up to that in GameSpy. Uh, but let's be careful when we condemn animation. I mean, we are Fallout fans after all, and Oblivion fans who. Some of the worst animation in the video animation games in Fallout today. is better than the animation in Terminator Salvation. In the world of Fallout, it's a lot bigger. Yeah. Like, um, and I mean, like, Fallout gets away with it by... And just in general, sorry. By benefit of its scale. Yeah. And just in general, Terminator's just incredibly mediocre. It's not a terrible game, but even from, like... I'm not reviewing it. I don't want to sound like I'm totally reviewing it, but my early impressions of it with playing the beginning was that I'm not going to go back to it. Well, you wouldn't really have to go back to it much more because it's like a four-hour game, apparently. Right. I heard you can pretty much beat it in one sitting. Um, so and get every if you if you play it on normal, you get every achievement but one, I think. Whoa. There you Just go. playing through it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it. The thing for me that was kind of disappointing is it starts with good atmosphere, like at the title screen, because again, <laughs> the music is really good. And it's not just... I don't think it's just the Terminator music. I think Grin... It's Grin, man. ...redid some music for it. And so it's got... It shows, like, a bay with T-600 torsos being assembled or whatever, and the music is super moody and atmospheric, and you're like, okay, this could be kind of a cool Terminator game. And then it starts, and the intro cinema isn't bad. It's Um, like they spent the first three months doing that badass cinema, and they're like, hey, you guys have five more months to make the game. Oh, fuck! (laughs) <laughs> we need more ground textures. Uh the admi- the I don't know, the graphics are aren't terrible, but it just it looks like somebody took Call of Duty 4 multiplayer and turned the settings down. Um so and the character models are really awkward in the Call of Duty World at War. Oh, Call of Duty World at War didn't look bad. Of all the things I can say about Call of Duty World at War, that's not on the list. Um blah. Uh, yeah, even the. I'm gonna. To- I don't. I don't think I'm gonna go see that tonight. But uh, I'm probably gonna rewatch all those movies. Continue. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of variations of that that I heard in the game already. Um, but uh, I don't know. It just it. It feels like it's another game that's the casualty of a way too short development cycle. Yeah, it's but it's not the worst game. It's not the worst movie game I've played by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, but it's, it's not, not up there Peter with Peter Jackson's King Kong, <laughs> which to me is the standard of of good movie license game. Really, you think? I love better than Wolverine. Yes, King Kong was a great game. Yeah, I, I played through a little bit of that. Um... It came out, you know... Man, I would strongly recommend going and getting that for 360. You can find it for... Like I can a, lend you that game on a 360. A dollar these days, and you probably get every achievement just by beating it, because it was like a launch title. Yeah. I Actually, that game is Xbox. notorious for being super easy to get all the achievements. Yeah. Right. And I played it on PS2, and I I loved it yeah. to death. So I bought it on 360 and only played it a little bit and put it down, because I just wasn't wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I It didn't it. have any Terminators driving vans. That confused me. There are all these flying Terminators and fucking, like, Terminators with wheels and all this shit. And all of a sudden, a T-600, like, lands on a van and starts driving it. <laughs> it's faster than walking. I guess. 
And there won't be any T-800s in the game. Uh, you're the only thing now more... you're getting way nerdier than I can... Yeah, well, when you were that's saying, That's like... the Schwarzenegger model. Oh. Beer, okay. There's beer. There's no... None of those in the game. Okay. Well, the only thing more disarming than a Terminator driving a van would be a Terminator driving an ice cream truck. That's they never quit. They, they didn't have the chance to get to that on Sarah Connor Chronicles. And sadly, that's, it got canceled. That's the shit of my nightmares. Um, so we have yeah, played some Terminator, and uh, I'm also reviewing Sims 3. So I, I started that up, but I, I guess I probably shouldn't really talk too much about it. I think it's so still... it's coming out. It's coming out at, in the be- at the very beginning of June, like during E3. So and everyone was like, "Why would they do that? It's gonna get buried." No, it's not. It's like, yeah, the coverage might get buried, but they don't give a fuck because everyone's going to go out and buy it anyways. Like, they released the MPDs for the top-selling PC games, and it was like, World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Sims 2, something, something. I was like, there you go. Now, the people that are going to be, like, fucking flooding stores by The Sims 3 when they see it are the same people that Nintendo was trying to talk talk to at their E3 conference last year. That's what I'm saying. They didn't watch it. Yes. I'm just saying they don't point. need to talk to these people because Sims 3 will sell. Yeah, they, it's The Sims with a 3 next to it. Exactly. That is their marketing campaign. Is it, um, is there a rumor going around that this game's being wildly pirated? Uh, it supposedly already got torrented, I guess. Really? But I mean, <laughs> the type of people that are torrenting Sims aren't the type of people, in my opinion, that we're going to go out and buy it anyways. Like, I don't right. think it's going to hurt their sales That's at all. That's true. Because the type of people that buy Sims probably don't even know what BitTorrent is. Because like so. while I was hanging out at the office today, I think they were looking at people were submitting like cheats for Sims Three, and Mike was like, "Sims Three is not even out to the general public." <laughs> to be fair, a lot of people used to submit cheats to my cheats all the time that were just totally fake. Really? Yeah, just to build up their rank Uh-oh. on it. So, um, I feel like there were other. Things was, I mean, the, is there like, just no real DRM? There's no real DRM on the Sims, is there? I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, because again, these are the people that are just going to go out and buy it anyways. It just I it just occurs to me because someone asked me um I'm trying to remember if it was on Twitter or in the comments or something if if we had any opinions on Bionic Commando for PC. But that's uh, see, not yeah, out I, for I, 2 months. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't even get review um, code for it. And I mean the reason that is and one of the reasons that I think people are seeing less DRM and why why they think that they've won the argument for for DRM not being on games is because the new form of DRM for publishers is apparently like two month windows between console release and PC release. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know about this one, but in the past Capcom games have been, a have been a huge pile of of space aids when they come out on PC. Was Devil May Cry 4 fucked up too? Devil May Cry 4 wasn't quite as bad, but Resident Evil 4 is the Oh yeah, that was the, the quintessential one. like terrible. Like, like it didn't even you couldn't even use like a mouse to do things in the menu, which is like which is like cue, clue one that this is going to be bad. You and have, it looked, you know, use like the arrow keys. It looked worse than the GameCube version. So like the American version did. I guess the like the European version. Right. Was and basically fixed. there's no reason that a PC game if it comes out for all three, you shouldn't always have the option to get higher res than any of the other platforms. Yeah, it seems like they might be doing Street Fighter Four right. I would hope so. I mean, if there's one game they should do right. Yeah. So, um, I will joke. probably buy the, the PC version of Street Fighter Four. Yeah. We're talking about PC it's gaming. This the is cheapest way to get a fucking fight pad. Um, this is kind of random and off topic or a digression, but nope. 
Um, Let's do it. I was reading just the other day that they released the source code for Left 4 Dead. Yes, they did, so people can well, start the development tools. Exciting. Yeah, the... I'm sorry. I'm not familiar. Yeah, I mean, I see, that, sh- that the... shit doesn't... That shit doesn't matter to me. If you it, say source code around Gabe Newell, he develops a Twitch, I'm but, sure. Oh, okay. That shit, that I, shit all I know is, like, somebody's gonna do something where it's, like... People are gonna make me levels, basically. That's all I heard yeah. when I heard it. So, that makes me excited. That I wanna shit... see, uh, I wanna see a, a Leprechaun mod... Done. <laughs> Someone said that they think Hoodoo and Gun might be a leprechaun because I think you can shoot limbs off his dead body. Yeah, I said that last week. That but they grow back. Oh, God. when you come, when you leave that and doesn't... come back, they're there again. Oh, so they just want. They just thought maybe we should know Hoodoo's a leprechaun. He's like Was a he wearing a top hat? He is wearing a top hat. He's wearing his <laughs> hat, proof. right? Further proof, I know. Yeah, and and he would always be in that saloon. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I feel like there's if we. Well, everyone knows fun. that leprechauns are hard drinkers. They we, are, and we'd find butt buckles in that fucking saloon. Anyways, um, we've also. I feel like there's other things. Oh, I've been playing my my game park whiz, which I yeah, got. and I I turned on Mass Effect again. We're talking about my whiz though. My whiz. Like peeing. No. God damn it, Tyler. <laughs> I ordered a Korean hand. You can leave the easy joke on the table. I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I, I, I bought a Korean handheld that is made for playing, like, old ROMs. Oh, like, okay, basically, okay. it can't really, like, you can't, you, supposedly you can play some. Rebel games. FM does not condone game piracy. You can play some DS games on them, apparently, like homebrew ones, which is kind of cool, but mainly uh, people use it to play, like, Sega Genesis games. Like, you know, the shit that you can't buy anyways anymore. Um, which I don't really have a problem with people playing ROMs of that shit because if you can't buy it and support them, I mean, it's like at least those games aren't just going to die. What if they release it on Xbox Live Arcade? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is you can play these games handheld. Basically, I just want to go back and play all the old LucasArts games because as a touchscreen, you can use it like a mouse. Oh, cool. So that's, gonna, that's basically what I bought that. Which is funny, game. actually, because as soon as he got that this morning, they announced that uh, they're bringing a... Monkey Island to Xbox Live Arcade. Right, just one of them, though, which is kind of... I mean, hopefully they'll do more of them. I think the one that they're bringing, too, is the one I've beaten. So, But Monkey Island games are great, too. The only thing well, is... Well, you want full throttle. Yeah, and still, playing with a controller is always kind of crappy because you have to move a cursor around to do it, which sucks. Like, Does it... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Does it make me a bad person that I don't like adventure games? No. No, I mean, I don't like... Uh, I don't like... like I think RPGs that's a lot like of people. Final Fantasy and stuff. I've never really? played any of them. So. If if more people liked adventure games, they would probably still make them more often. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've tried lots of them, but it's they just were... it seems like uh, like it's a just pixel weird. Hunting, you know, or... well, I mean, the, I think the thing that bothers me about a lot of adventure games are puzzles that defy any sort of real logic. Yeah, and that's see, and that's what, what made I Broken had... Sword so awesome was that there were puzzles like that occasionally. But since it had a built-in walkthrough that you could access any time in the corner. Oh, wow. And it wasn't just like a walkthrough, like you had to search through it like a game fact. It was like you would click it, and it would be like, maybe you should try this. And then if that wasn't good enough, you could click for a second hint, a third hint, and a fourth hint. It just kept track of how many hints you used. Why, do, why, why, why don't developers make more hint systems into their games? You know, for some games that are a little... Because uh, people complain hints. about it. But see, that's why like, it's there if you want it, but you don't yeah, have to. if you want it. I'm... I'm not saying like I just, text prompts. Every, I feel like you know. I feel like gamers complain when they take steps to make things more friendly than maybe they feel like they should be. I mean, look at Prince of Persia last year. Yeah, see, but that's different than that's they made that game dumbed down in a lot of ways. Whereas compared to this, it's just like literally is the same old game. 
it's just there if you want it. And it like it's it just has like the only negative going against you since there's any achievements or anything. It's just that it starts off when you take the first hint, it's a big happy face, and then slowly it gets really sad when Aww. you start taking more hints, and it starts getting more like, do this, idiot. <laughs> if you want a game that steps on your balls with a high-heeled shoe, then Bionic Commando on hard is for you. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I've been playing my Game Park Wiz, which is do a cool little play any more Cryostasis? No, I haven't played any more Cryostasis. Uh, I just have been bogged down with other bullshit unfortunately because coming up on e3 but um you know i really want to play infamous i really want to play infamous as well we should have a copy of that in the next week so hopefully i mean i've what i've played of it is is really good i mean it's going to be another game where there's going to be things about it you don't like but overall i think it's going to be a really good game Mm -hmm. are you looking at me when you say that or just people in general people in general will have things to complain about i mean there's all the reviews have been really really positive right I mean, it is overall. It is a great game. It's like telling a superhero story without relying on a prefabricated like superhero tropes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could definitely use more and more of that. I'm gonna start up Tales of Valkyria or Valkyria Chronicles probably tomorrow. I don't know if I'll be able to do it tonight. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna play any games tonight because now that I've talked to everyone about Red Dead Redemption, now I have to write up something for all you fools to read. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, one of my favorite things because in uh, the the Bionic Commander reviews, we now put, like, what critics agreed about with me, what critics disagreed with me. Like, I find all that after I write my review. But then they That's also, a cool concept. But then they also so. encouraged me to uh, find r- what random people are saying about the game. So I just looked on Twitter and did a search for Bionic Commando. I just quoted this random guy. and so, But it's so funny because the one I picked was, and I, I didn't really ask if it was okay, I just put it on there, which was, uh, <laughs> like, T. Bunkner says, Bionic Commando is a gimmicky piece of shit. <laughs> it's like it's like David. That's Ellis. one for the box. It's like David Ellis, Jeff Gersman, uh, like Van Oren from a uh, fucking Gamespot, and then right under that, it's fucking guy from Twitter, <laughs> gimmicky piece of shit. I gotta wonder what fucking the dude from Gamespot was smoking when he was playing Bionic Commando, because one of his complaints was that the music was uninspired. Well, that's what I'm saying. So he the, he said the music. David said the environments weren't like intuitively designed. I'm just like, who are these people? I mean, the environments I could see giving you trouble, but in what situation was the music ever anything but awesome? Maybe maybe they felt like they were pulling from too much of the original source material. I mean, but, it's called Bionic. It, it doesn't yeah. even have a subtitle. It's just but Bionic if they strayed, Commando. his argument would probably be... Yeah, these are the same people that... The, there was, yeah. like, I remember some of these reviews. I would also read things that were totally like what you're kind of in, insinuating. Like, like I, I remember one of the reviews I read... I can't remember which one. It might have been the game one or something. Complained about the fact that there were only twelve maps for multiplayer. And I was and like, "What was this for? Huh? Is this in Bionic Commando?" Yeah, and I was like, a lot of "I was like, twelve maps is a fucking." When was lot. the last time anybody thought complaining about the number of maps that came with the multiplayer was actually a legitimate argument or a legitimate yeah, yeah. cause? Yeah. People of have made it very clear. Two, I think. People have made it very clear that if you just have like a set number, even a small amount of really great maps, that's all you need. You know what I mean? Like, even with Team Fortress having a bunch of maps, people still play, like, two of them more than any of the others just because they're so good. You know, it's like... Like, I, yeah, I just couldn't believe that someone complained about there only being 12 maps. I saw that, and I was like, fuck, that's a lot of maps. Yeah, that's really You ridiculous. saw that they're releasing all the Gears of War 2 maps together with the new ones for, like, 20 bucks at retail, right? Yeah. 
And it has new single player content too. Yeah, it has a like one single chapter of single player content. Yes, you'll be also be able to get on Xbox Live. Well, yeah, but the Xbox Live is only the new multiplayer maps and single player content, and it's the same price as all of. Right, but if you already own the other maps, why would you go buy it in retail unless you just want to? I'm not saying you would. I'm just saying that you would look at it and be really angry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean they're just doing it for people that want a box on their shelf, make more money, money, money. I so. I would do it because I don't have any of the DLC. Yeah, I might pick it up too because I haven't yeah, got any of the see, DLC, I would, and I'm still playing Gears with my friends. So am I, but if it does, if unless it has maps for, like I don't, I'm not, I have no interest in competitive multiplayer maps. I'm sure I, the maps can be played. I'm sure it has horde stuff. Because yeah, if it has horde maps, I'm interested. in If it doesn't have horde maps, I could. Kill I mean, myself. horde, you just use normal multiplayer maps, right? Yeah, I'm sure. No. I'm sure it's. No, you don't use the just same. Multi- the same maps that I. Well, yeah, maybe there are. There I don't. Are I think. I think so, uh, horde maps or a couple of the horde maps might be special. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I mean, I could be wrong too. It's been I, a while since I, I played really, Gears. And I've never been a huge Gears two yeah. player. So I want to say you could play it on every. Map, maybe you guys are right. Not. I will concede that you are more than likely correct. Or just none of us are right, and we're going to get ripped apart in the comments. Mm-hmm. So that is but also we should possible. Play some, we should play more Gears too. Yeah, the game is fun, fun online. We just need a. We need more people. That's the thing, yeah, it's hard kind to get of, it's hard to get five people online to do horde mode effectively. And I've tried it with three and it sucks. So I mean, yeah. granted, not as hard to say finding people to play SOCOM confrontation with. So that wasn't so bad. <laughs> it, 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 you could only find two other people playing. To be fair, I just an online one game only game late at night. I'm just wondering, you know, I, I I I only tried it for a few seconds. I'm not I'm just saying I'm not willing to shit on it yet. And I mean, this may sound like me shitting on PS3, but I I was like bothering Anthony for a week. I'm like, are we gonna fucking play SOCOM? Can we play some SOCOM? And then when I'm doing something else, like he logs on to SOCOM, I'm like, I don't know what the issue is, but it was me and two other people. Yeah. And every time I would die, the round would end. Yeah. I don't know. I just want. Let's hope they fare better with Mag. Uh, I hope so. Well, it's a different team on. On Mag, then. What's well, OG SOCOM yeah. team? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't done by the this the original SOCOM team at all. So, the newest one. It was... I don't even remember I don't who you remember it was farmed out. That's the important thing to know. And it didn't work when it first came out. So, uh, I feel like there's more that we've been playing, but we just can't think of it. I what? saw you... Speaking of farming out, I saw you playing Viva Pinata 2 the other day. Yeah, I played it briefly, and then I realized that... You played Force Unleashed. That my good garden is on is Alice's garden. I forgot. I had hardly spent any time building up my own garden because the garden I had spent all the way up to level sixty playing was the one I played for review. Hmm. So on a debug. On a debug, yeah. So I had to start all over, and I just didn't have the patience to do that. I wanted something that was going to be instantly gratifying, which is why I put in Forced Unleashed, Forced the Forced Unleashed, because I heard it wasn't like you know great by any stretch of the imagination. But I did hear that it was kind of just like stupid beat em up, and I was like, I could do stupid beat em up with the lightsaber for a while. That game has the best best cloth I've seen in anything ever. So, so that's and you say yeah, and it uses euphoria, so you can yeah. imagine. So maybe some of that Red Dead Redemption is gonna have some crazy looking cloth too. I do remember the guy's poncho that he's wearing looking pretty rad. So. I love ponchos. <laughs> I love ponchos too, man. Can I, I say something? But getting back to Red Dead Redemption, you can. As much as it kind of. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, like, irritate me. It just kind of nags me when I see Rockstar curbing so much from movies. Because I feel like they can make really good stories of their own. But, that being said, 
I'm kind of hoping Redemption pulls from like some Young Guns shit, man. I think Redemption is really going to actually tell its own story. Really? Like oh. the original Redemption told a very story that was like a mixture of like a... I don't know, wasn't kind of like Unforgiven? No, it was closer to what was that 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 uh, that Clint Eastwood movie where he famously has the fucking steel plate that he drops off himself under his poncho. Oh. Like, I can't think of what it's... The Quick and the Dead, maybe? I can't think of what it's called. Um... That wouldn't be Clint Eastwood. That was Russell Crowe, I think. Uh, then I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking of a Clint Eastwood movie where he's. I mean, even look at the cover. of The original Red Dead. He looks, looks like, like Clint, Clint Eastwood, Eastwood from that movie, yeah. like wearing the poncho and that flat mm-hmm. topped hat. Oh, is it a fistful of dollars? Or the good, Probably. bad, and the ugly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like very, I'm not a Clint. I'm not a. I'm not an Eastwood Western. Neither am I. But yeah, so no, 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 so they very much were basing on that. And in this one, they said they really were trying to to tell her, like you know, that, the story behind that game is they bought it from Capcom. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. so when they got it, it was already under development. This one, since they've had it from day one, they really are trying to apply like what they, you know, I'm sounding like PR speak, but I'm just saying like to some degree it is true. You know, like Bethesda is known for creating these huge open world environments and stuff, and to some extent, Rockstar is known for telling like you know even more so with after GTA these stories of these characters to this open world, mm-hmm. and they're really trying to throw that into the idea of Red Dead Redemption. You know, who knows if they'll pull it off? But I, you know, I certainly hope so. Because it'd be cool to see what type of unique-ish storyline. Because obviously they're going to draw upon a lot of westerns mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they couldn't say who was doing the music, but they said when people find out, they'll be pretty surprised. Because there was no music in the one I watched. Ennio Morricone. No, it wasn't. So it wasn't actually. They said it wasn't. Who, who is you, that? He's the guy that did. He did all of, the all the Eastwood spaghetti yeah, exactly. westerns. And I don't. What made you think it was him? No, I was just like I. I meant maybe it was. I didn't oh, yeah. know it was. I oh didn't. yeah. So a lot of people. That's what everyone thought. And they were like, no, no, no. They said it's actually someone way more modern. That's going to provide like a more modern Brian perspective Eno. to the music. So I don't really know how it's going to go. <laughs> um, the best western. The the best Morricone uh, piece you've heard is probably the Ecstasy of Gold. Like it's the have you heard the orchestral thing that Metallica does before they ever play a live show? Yes. Yeah, that's the ecstasy okay. of gold from okay. the good, the bad, and the ugly. But uh, um, wasn't there a? It seems like I also read somewhere where they were talking about the original game with Red Dead Revolver. Um, they liked the music a lot because it it was actual scores from lesser known spaghetti westerns. Probably. I don't know. I just know in this one they want an original score, and they're having someone do like modern interpretation of spaghetti western music, whatever that means. So now, what know. about maybe it's Danny Elfman? I asked him if it was like the guy from fucking Firefly, and they said no. It's too bad. Maybe Danny Elfman if it's is Danny done. Elfman, with, if he's done amazing. with Terminator Salvation, he can uh, go work on Red Dead Redemption. Hmm? I would love to have Danny Elfman do it. Um, but. Since we're on the topic of Western games, Call of Juarez also has a sequel coming out. And I don't know if you have you if you guys have been able to see any of that. No, and a lot of people I know, like as far as enthusiasts press go, at various outlets are just shitting on it without like any real grounds to, mm-hmm. even people that haven't seen it. Because a lot of people really, really hated the first game. Which is weird, because I, I played Well, you it. played a weak character for half of it. I played it, and I didn't think it was offensive. Like, uh, you know, like offensive, like, 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 un- like and I don't say offensive, like, Topic wise, I was saying it wasn't like a game I played, and I was like, "What a piece of shit!" Right. It's just—it's a very—I <laughs> mean, it's—it's it's very much a PC game, even when it was on 360. Yeah, like, I played it on a PC, so so that could be why. But um, uh, you know, I, I think that game could be cool. I at least would want to see it myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All this shit makes me want a Dark Watch too, really badly. Dark Watch. Yeah. Or a uh, 
a Stranger's Wrath too. So. Oh man, too bad they stopped making video games. Yeah, but someone else could take over. Like those guys got to be somewhere. Else. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people beating down doors for like the for rights like to IP that never sold well. Didn't sell well, but I love all of the Oddworld games, even Munch, and none of those games. The sold. Apes Oddworld's games sold really well. They sold okay. PS4. I don't think they. I mean, once they crossed the threshold from side-scrolling yeah, puzzle game, that's when they had trouble. All right. Let's take a quick break and then come back. We're going to pick We're going to cover some more stuff from last week, actually. Yeah. Remember how I was about to say that and then you interrupted me? That just no. happened. But I like the way it worked out. <laughs> All right. We are back. So expectantly, yeah. Well, you uh, got it, Arthur has the laptop to continue reading your comments from last time. Yeah, we've got we've got a few more. I mean, this is going to be another short segment. But. Basically, you're going to get a two-hour show out of us the last couple of weeks, and I apologize that we don't have some really creative metal topic. But life's been life's been rough, so I just stuff has been busy. But we do have some more letters to read. Yay! Some of which don't involve penises or leprechauns. I tried to pick ones that didn't always involve penis and leprechauns. You, you got the ones I sent you, right? I did. Okay. Uh, okay, so this is from Johnny Blaze GWS. Um, that's the original Ghost Rider. Oh. What a nerd. <laughs> I hate how everyone is so afraid to show their bias. The reason I'll come and listen to reviews from Site A as opposed to Site B is because they have a personality or perspective that I find interesting. I love listening to Anthony because he's a lunatic. If he tried to be a straight-laced objective games reviewer, I wouldn't be as interested in what he had to say. Well, I the guess he hasn't read my reviews. <laughs> the only reason that we can say that is because I'm reading it, as opposed to Anthony reading about how he's awesome. I, I have a, I, My reviews usually start out a lot more lunatic, too, and Ryan cuts them a lot of the lunatic out of there. So, Well, one of the things that, uh, that copy editors do is help enforce sight voice. Yeah, but our voice at GameSpy these days is very joking and nonchalant. So, possibly a little crackheaded. <laughs> it's 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 the right place for me. Like I remember when I yeah never mind. Let's just keep going. <laughs> was that a story you shouldn't tell? No, nah, it's just a story that really wasn't relevant. One line that got cut out of one of my um, ultimate band reviews was a. Uh, it was about the the fact that I had to play this Fallout Boy song so many times. <laughs> Uh-huh. I was like, man, by the eighth time of playing the Fallout song, I wanted to shove an eighth of Jack Daniels down the straight edge throat. <laughs> it got cut. I used to hate the Fallout guys, but uh, 
they did like this big charity thing for the No on Prop 8 campaign and donated like $50,000 to it. Awesome. So it's hard to hate that guy. Yeah, even you that want is to. hard to hate. You can not like their music and still... Oh, no, I don't they're... like his music at all, but like he does, he seems like a decent person, even if he wears eyeliner everywhere. Moving on. What well, was no, this guy I, asking? So he doesn't, he doesn't like that people are afraid to show their bias, as he puts it. Oh. Um, I would like to clarify, I think maybe he means opinions... They're yeah, I'll, to I'll state my opinion. Fuck. Or where they're coming from, maybe? I, I mean, that's the whole reason I do critiques, is to actually have a, an opinion about things. I'm not trying to hide it. The biggest thing you should do when you're writing your own reviews is is don't say, don't use the fucking royal we. Make sure you say I. Because yeah. even though you may be writing for a site, it's still your opinion, and you should own it as your opinion, not the site's. Unless they tell you specifically to use the royal we, which does happen. Sometimes. In which case, tell them fuck you. I mean, make I think sure like to, what I'll the make list- sure to tell Darren you said that. <laughs> I think what the listener is sort of getting at is just, um, you know, as you know, game writers, we don't want to, you know, we want to show a certain level of objectivity. Like we all enjoy games, so we don't want to come off as like, oh, I'm not going to like this game even if it's fun. But, like, we still have our preferences, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, there, but there have been games that I've been assigned to review that I ended up liking. Like a fucking Naruto fighting game that I ended up begrudgingly giving, like, a B-something, because it was a genuinely good game. So, I mean, you can still have uh, opinions and biases and then still re- review a game fairly yeah, I, if it's, if you have integrity. Fairly is the operative word. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't be objective about... Almost, I mean, almost anything. It is a subjective review, but even yeah. a person that, like, is a good critic will be able to tell when something's good, even if they don't necessarily, like, appreciate everything about it. Like, I didn't think that the Naruto fighting lore or anything was fucking interesting at all, but as a fighting game, purely just simple, it was a great, simple fighting game. So, moving on. <laughs> uh, there was something else I wanted to say, and I totally spaced it. Well, but- I know, like, speaking of... Like, I, I prefer to play my games on the 360. I mean, just because that's where all my friends are, I prefer the controller. But at the same time, if I'm given a PS3 game to review, I'm not going to look at it any differently than I would any other game. Yeah. You know? And same goes for the Wii. Like, I really don't like Wii controls. I don't like Waggle. I think in 90% of its applications, it's annoying. But I think we're at a stage in the Wii's life cycle where reviewers are willing to say that though are willing to say that they don't like Wii controls generally yeah although usually it's said as a caveat before i'm not gonna lie though i am excited for motion plus so right yeah i mean it's you know it's all like to me to me motion controls it seems like gradual steps in the right direction i was thinking about this last night like eventually we're gonna look back on the first iteration of the Wii remote which you know and as kind of like the cornerstone of of bringing you know game controls into a different era, we'll but see. it's just not there right now. We'll and, see. I actually know, think that uh, not to sound like a complete biased Microsoft person, but I actually think that the camera that they're rumored to introduce, which my gut tells me will definitely happen, the three D motion camera, yeah, will be like will be a pretty big deal. But I actually think that it won't be initially a very big deal for games because I think a lot of the games they'll show for it aren't going to appeal to a lot of people. Right. It's just I mean, my, they've tried to do motion it's just control my gut. camera games but these, before. Yeah, but these supposedly, like, just from the people that tried the supposed camera at CES, 
control way better than anything for a PlayStation Eye or a Vision camera ever did. It just like because it just detects motion in 3D space so much better. Well, um, I mean, latency is a big concern. I, I think that that's what I'm saying. So I don't know that gaming is going to be the big thing, but I think the big thing will be for fucking some minority report controlling of your media center right. because people were talking about how you could scroll through movies just by like wagging your hand. Wow. Okay, while you're you're just sitting sold on the couch. Me. you just sold right. me on that camera. That sounds fucking so. rad. But you know what? Like, and to me, when you talk about that, honestly, and like this might sound sad, but I think the best application so far of the Wii Remote is simply the fact that it vibrates when you scroll over things in menus. I really for think me, that's just, the best. Ha- like tactile feedback. For me, yeah, just, I think that's the, the best thing it's brought it's us so that far. that combined with the fact that it works when you're pointing. So it doesn't work like, I don't care about the motion controls of swinging a sword and stuff, but when I'm playing like Zack and Wiki, an adventure game, mm-hmm. point and clicking and having the little vibrations like that, yeah, that's where it's like. Yeah, that's to me, that's, that's really all the technology is worth right now. But, I mean, apparently it's worth a lot more because people buy a shit ton of weeds. <laughs> Anthony's cat just bit the fuck out of him and right Sorry, yeah, I, I, I teased her a little bit, but I just wanted to see if I could get her. I can't wait to hear what that you sounds could, like. You could play the pee-pee bagpipe. I just wanted to hear if she ended up on the microphone, and she did. So, sorry. Um, I think well, what I was going to say and forgot was that speaking, trying to speak as objectively as possible, I think, is a shortcut for certain people to, to try to speak with authority. Just like one of the reasons that a lot of people use the passive voice in their writing is because they think it makes it sound more official or, yeah, or more authoritative. I don't think the there is such thing of as real criticism, especially about games, that's objective. That's just dumb. It's always subjective. Yeah, it can't be. So that assumption's flawed. Like anybody who says, uh, you know, biased review. Like, no, I'm just a human being who lives and sees things and soaks things in and yeah everyone comes to something with their own personal experiences yeah. and backing it and stuff so yep let's move on to the uh uh Verdon 226 asks what sites if any do you think accurately capture the way news should be presented do you personally have any favorites because of these factors i mean uh i guess the two that i would say off the top of my head back in the day were gama sutra and maybe multiplayer blog so those are the two that stick out in my mind but Gama Sutra is, is is more in the sense that they're news, but they don't have to, uh, you know, like a lot of the things is that these other sites that want to be like ultra comprehensive, like IGN and GameSpot, they cover everything. So if it's a fucking press release about screenshots, it's a press release about DLC, it's a press release about something new feature announced in the game, they're going to write it up. Whereas Gama Sutra being kind of like the site that relies on its prestige carrying it more, mm-hmm. they just well, cover also, like, they can cover a real more news. in-depth analysis of the, the going, the it, general goings-on of exactly, the gaming is industry. That a lot of, uh, is that a lot of other sites that do news do it in the sense that they rewrite a press release and post it. Whereas Gama Sutra, because they're not under any pressure to be like timely to break some press release news, they're not thinking about breaking news as far as press releases. They can do things like dig up stories, call sources, wait on those things, and then write a story that is actually informed. They act a lot like a press publication in that respect. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why they are real news as opposed to like, but a lot of the sad thing is that what audience have shown through page views is that what they want is fucking up to the date moments of like, did you know that fucking Fallout 3 comes with bobbleheads? Oh! Look at our swag! Yeah. Gamma Sutra to me seems like, um, News for people who are in the industry. 
it is slanted like that, that way yeah. a lot of times. I mean, especially like when they go into like in-depth analysis of like why a company failed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like the fact of the matter is that, that that is not going to appeal to the the larger demographic of people who game. But it's it sort good. of like a Variety or a Hollywood Reporter type thing for right. the gaming industry. So, so, so the listener, you know, he's saying, "What sites represent news the best?" Well, what audience are we talking about? And if we're talking about people within the industry, I would say like Gama Sutra. But like as you guys mentioned, you know, you were talking about like Joystick and Kotaku. Like they do a post on every press release that comes out that day. Every press release I see in my Gmail inbox, I know I got the I got the abridged version on Joystick. I've got the abridged version on Kotaku. Right. And sure, sometimes Kotaku is lazy at um, citing sources. You know they have the you know those problems. Right. But still, the you know the the fact that I can go there and the the breakdown of the press release is right there in two paragraphs that's all it really needs to be in the first place i think that's fine yeah, I, I mean you know. i uh, let's let's put cards on the table i mean i read kotaku and joystick yeah every day i do like every day multiple times a day i mm-hmm. check kotaku and joystick it doesn't mean that i particularly like a lot of what they have to offer and I that's mean, not as far as the uh, sorry go ahead well i mean it's not and it's not because I, I I bear personal malice towards Kotaku or the people that work there because there are intelligent people that work at Kotaku, but the the model that that site uses, like the Gawker model of posting, mm-hmm. is sort of antithetical to the idea of real news gathering. Right, which honestly though, what are we getting into now? Are we getting into more of a discussion of where does journalism fit in new media? Like, how do we adapt to, like, these new, really fast ways to get information to people, you know? I mean, we could, it, it's, I mean, a, it's a conversation that could turn into that, because, make no mistake, a lot of the issues that you're seeing in in the games press or blogging in games is just a microcosm of stuff that's happening in a much large, on a much larger scale in, in print and media coverage everywhere. in general. Yeah, I don't know, I'm just saying that it, what Kotaku and stuff does... To me, is not actual journalism. It's just posting of facts that people that aren't privy to the it's like CNN. emails don't know. You know, it's just it's just like here's some shit that you didn't know about, but we have privy to. Yeah, here you go. Here you now you know it. Whereas like as far as like sites like you said, like Gamma Sutra is more geared towards employees of the industry. As far as one that's geared towards actual game players, MTV Multiplayer Blog was one that actually did real reporting and was they're, geared. They're yeah, back. Patrick Klepek, you know, when he was at uh, MTV Multiplayer was. Was doing from, in my opinion, uh, you know, one of the few people doing actual journalism, right, and still covering like things that were topical to gamers. Yeah, like, and I mean, and Luke Smith did a lot of that too when yeah. he was at One Up. That he was did. one of the. Right, he's had such that, a short tenure. Yeah, I, but I mean, he was so. It's surprising how influential a lot of people think Luke Smith's coverage at One Up was. Influential in that people were still doing it after he left. Well, no, influential in that people really caught attention and remember it and wish that they was still around. Yeah, I think that's a vocal minority. I mean, the sad fact is that I think a lot of people in the majority like their fucking shitty news. That's why it's fucking persisting. So. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'll tell you what. Like, if you want to, if you, I mean, you know, say what anybody will say what about Kotaku, but. 
like stories will break there first. I mean, it seems like they are always the first. You know, I mean, yeah. Sometimes they're you know straight up Jack and other guys. I don't know that Kotaku like, is because first so much as Kotaku is the site that everyone goes to first. Uh, Kotaku, what Kotaku does really good, I think, is they get a lot of tips, like really good tips. Man, they got a great. You know, other sites would probably kill for that fucking ability to have. Which I mean, part of that is just due to due to the size of their audience, is right? That, Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that that helps too. When you like, you know, you might just through the sheer vastness of their audience, it's like I know a friend who works at a Best Buy, and he said, and it's like, bam, Kotaku yeah. has the fucking breaking story on it. Um, like, other than Gama Sutra, I don't really know of any current gaming sites that provide news the way I'd like to see it. To answer the yeah. question specifically, um, I mean, I like the news coverage as I see it in stuff like Edge. And some, I mean, not really Game Informer so much because that's a lot of press release regurgitation. But just go read the news at GameSpy because I write a lot of it. And but they asked for stuff that we like and give me money. <laughs> and you know, like uh, you know, last time a listener commented on how he didn't enjoy the snark. And like on one hand, I can I can completely understand where he's coming from. On the other hand, if someone asks me. Who does the best news? Like, not gaming news. Like, uh, news, you know, news of the world. I'll tell you, it's Daily Show and the Colbert Report. Like, they do real news. Like, to me, it seems like CNN, a lot of these, you know, that's just joke. Like, Fox, you know, they're a fucking joke. Don't like, you, can, you dare compare Kotaku to the Daily Show. No, right no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, and the reason why I think they're, they're real news is, is, is because this issue we're talking about, like, bias and subjectivity and, like, putting your cards on the table, it's like... Since they're a comedy show, and since Joystick and Kotaku like, you know, don't really consider themselves like, you know, whatever, like the New York Times or whatever, they can have a little bit more fun. You know, they can throw in that snark, that little stabbing sort of, uh, like, you know, little quip about, you know, Kojima teasing a teaser of a teaser of a teaser, you know, which, and in that See, way, I think it's that, okay. I, that- that's like annoying just from a sort of that was a lame joke standpoint i think that the thing that that listener slash reader was talking about was the intentional constant sarcastic negativity that peppers blog coverage right like almost as if there's a a tone that everyone agrees to yeah well there is yeah. in a lot of cases i mean without Sites getting trying to maintain a voice so well yeah and for and i mean a lot of sites think that the, a blog voice is snark, like really well-defined asshole-ish commentary. So Just letting their true personality shine. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, this one is sort of related to stuff we, we talked about. Nick says, my only real complaint is that too many outlets seem like they're just giant PR firms, which of course stems from Nick the- got laid off from one up. So he's just <laughs> mad. No. Oh, uh, which, of course, stems from an obsession over exclusives and ad revenue. If I must spend myself spending a lot more time with websites and podcasts like yours, I forgot that there's dick sucking in this. I apologize. Places that are mostly decoupled from the troublesome codependency of, for lack of a better term, mainstream sites. I'm wondering uh, what specific examples he would cite, because while I do know that a lot of places hunt for exclusives, uh, I do also know, having worked at several places now, that a lot of it does happen with integrity a lot more than what people think like uh you know no one wants to be a sellout they're not trading exclusives for ads a lot of times like that does happen i'm sure 
but I don't think it happens nearly as much as people think. Um, like, exclusivity is often traded for for amount of coverage. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't necessarily think it happens for ads, but it might be like we'll do a preview and we'll feature your video on the front page. Like you know what I mean? It's, it, I mean they definitely trade things like that, and that unfortunately, you know, all that shit is just a reality of the business. Exclusives are what keep bigger websites like IGN and GameSpot like alive because it, it secures them traffic and you have to work with these publishers for ads because they're the fucking reason that websites can exist. I mean, yeah, that, I that mean, is like their ad revenue. Endemic ads are the lifeblood of the gaming of gaming press. Yeah. I mean, I saw some Wendy's ads on IGN the other day and I was like, it's a lucky campaign right there. So, well, they are news corp. But yeah, I don't know that it's a it's necessarily that they're always acting as PR firms. It probably seems like that, but that's actually because, you know, a lot of times, like, go read most of my previews. I can come off as a pretty negative person, but a lot of games I preview are games I want to see, and I do write with them a genuine enthusiasm because I am excited to see them. I mean, that's why instead of thinking of us as game journalists, people need to think of us as enthusiast press because we see it, we are enthused, we write about it. You know, it's, it's not that we're just being PR people because... It is a, it's a profession that is driven in large part by excitement for the subject matter. Right. I mean, let me tell you Because nobody the fact does that fucking video game stuff for a paycheck. If, we, uh, if I was writing these previews and getting extra money based on the tone that I wrote about them, some sort of payola, we would not be living in Oakland. So <laughs> Really? Not even like Piedmont? Well, we'd be living in a nice place in Oakland, that's for sure. Some place that had a heater. You know, we don't even have a heater. So I'm just saying. It never really gets that cold here, though. There are so many electronics going so often. The point I'm making is that, it, like, it's not like these journalists are getting paid money on the side or raises right. or something. Not most. I mean, I'm sure that there are, there are situations where stuff like that has occurred, but it's so rare. God, maybe yeah. I mean, it, it is never. I've never personally seen it happen. You know what I mean? Like, you know, even like what the best people get is like, hey, here's a copy of Infamous. All right. So. As for press releases as news stories on sites, I mean. Yes, it's annoying when they barely reword it at all, or where they don't say that it's from a press release. Right, and part of that's uh, just because the fact of the matter is that the way you get the most clicks and the most page views and the most revenue from it is by getting it up first. And the easiest way to get it up first is just to reword it. So, rather than and not or not even that, like just to say, here you go, and put it in a big block quote. Well, I mean, I know IGN, I think, just posts press releases like they do that as well as yeah like they things. don't they have a press release byline right which is just like you can that's i mean that's the, the nice thing in a way in a sense i kind of actually appreciate that they do that because you know those are things that the audience might not be privy to otherwise it's just kind of cool if you want to see what press releases are actually like yeah i mean if and some of it you know might be information that people really you know would, would love to hear like this morning i woke up and there was the email from pete hines in my inbox talking yeah, yesterday about the morning, dlc coming to ps i grabbed like, my blackberry when i woke up yesterday morning and checked and it was like pete hines and i clicked on it like jesus christ yeah i mean and, and that you know that's a great piece of news to report on that was, I mean, a, that was probably the densest fucking press release i've seen in yeah, a real long time really dense. So. pete hines always has them um dense releases so yeah, it'd be nice to see press releases that are handled a little more creatively, but uh, not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Cole says that if I were to pick one thing that annoys me about the current state of games journalism, it's the constant navel-gazing over the qu- casual core divide. What does uh, that mean? I'll, I'll elaborate. I'll read some more of his thing, and if you don't get it, then I'll interpret for you. 
Uh, it's my personal belief that this is a false dichotomy, and the compulsive need to shove every game into arbitrary categories is getting tiresome. I don't necessarily know that's a totally false category, because in some extent I think that the Wii has kind of proven that. But I mean, it's not that... Casual and hardcore are merely what they... If they weren't calling that, they would call them something else. Like, you know, it's just a way to separate demographics for people that make these yeah, things and sell them. it's a marketing thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, everything is a marketing thing now. It, Get used to it. Exactly. It's not that It's not that, it, that people actually think, like... Like, I mean, clearly there is a difference. Like, I mean, Sonic... You know, these are the same people that didn't read anywhere that Mario vs. Sonic at the Olympics was a terrible game. And yet they just bought millions of copies but of that it. that game wasn't terrible. I thought it was totally No, that game bad. reviewed really well. What did they get reviewed average? They got like C's thing, and B's and a couple A's. Here's here's the thing I recognize is that I'll claim ignorance on this one, my bad. <laughs> a lot That's of people cool. you rescinded. Know, <laughs> a lot of people talk about how It should have been bad. There really is no difference, but I believe there is. But but here's here's the sort of uh, enigma or the you know or the contradiction. Okay, we're all pretty hardcore gamers. We play a lot of games, right? Like we know what's coming out. But we're also the type of gamers to play like Peggle. I see. I don't but, think Peggle or Plants vs Zombies should be categorized as casual games. I think Peggle. But, but and- here's here, here's my point. My friends back in Houston who play like Call of Duty, Fight Night, they would never touch Peggle. But we are, you know, we're gamers. We enjoy all kinds of games. So, I think it's less about the type of game, and it's just more about how much you're open to. You know, I could see that. I mean, I, I think, uh, I guess maybe, yeah, I don't know. I think his complaint is that he seems to feel that there are a lot of people in the game press that are picking on casual gaming as destroying real gaming. Oh man, I don't think that's true at all. I mean, I, yeah, think, I think that alongside I that I attitude, there's also a fair share of people that will tell you that it's great because it's bringing in a mm-hmm. whole host of people. That might, you know, one day be like, well, maybe I will try uh, this other game. I mean, not just that, but I think that I maybe a couple of years ago when the Wii, or like a year ago when the Wii was at its peak, arguably, there was a fear that third-party publishers were going to say, well, fucking, like, core enthusiast product, we are going to do as many games on Wii as we can, and every time they've tried to do Wii games, they haven't sold very well. That's not totally true. I, I mean, there's very few third parties that have found success on the Wii that people expected that they. It's would true, find. but uh, the ones that have have found redonkulous success. So, mm. uh, but those are extremely limited cases. I mean, like carnival games and things like that. Right, but a lot of the, I mean, there aren't as many Wii games out as you would think, and some of the ones that are out that are just total garbage probably cost like nothing to make. As well. well, yeah, but we're not. Ta- we're talking about developers that would otherwise be making games that we would want to play. I don't know how many of those there really are. I, Electronic switched. Arts tried to put a lot of a lot of yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm resources saying, like, into that. Name these games, like I can't really think of too many I mean, that are like kept us from getting these other. Well, games. Well, we don't know that they kept us from getting other games, but there's the impression that that a focus on casual gaming will hurt the parts of the hobby that we enjoy. Yeah, see, I don't think that's true at all. I just well, and that's what he's saying as they're well. They're developing just for a different platform, but it's not hurting us because it's not like we aren't... St- it's like, not, and all of a sudden, like, we're like, man, there's just no games coming out. Oh, what the, what the fuck's going on? I think that there there's tricks and strategies that certain people get for doing casual games that are successful that are a different skill set than, than core gaming content. 
And so I don't think that we're going to miss out on very much by virtue of them placing focus on I that. I just think also that a lot of people are mistaken as far as what they think have been successful not on Wii. Because the thing about a lot of the Wii audience is they're not day-and-date buyers. And so mm-hmm. Wii games have way longer legs than a lot of other console games do. Boombox. Yeah, like Boombox is, is done really well over time. See, I, I, I didn't think that Boombox did... It didn't do nearly as well as they thought it would. Anecdotally, everything I've understood is that Boombox has done more than its money back. So that's, but I mean, companies can't operate that way. Companies need profits aside from their investment. Right. Know. That's what I, that's why I said more than it's money back. Um, it, it has made profit. No problem. There's a reason that they're making a boom box too. It's not, I mean, they aren't just, they're not just doing that because they're like, well, I guess we'll give it another try. Well, a couple people liked it. We might as well no. give them another one. Yeah, Merry they're, Christmas. They're bitches. definitely doing this because they made money and they realized that you know, on the Wii, they don't need large initial month sales to make money in the end. So, and also like, you know, just the type of companies who have the mindset of, well, let's throw together a few party games and then like release a Wii game isn't the type of developers like we're interested in. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if they can sell, uh, make a crappy Wii game and make it sell money to fund things that I actually like, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, I mean, if Dead Space on Wii can make sure that we get another Dead Space game on 360 mm-hmm. Dead PS3. Space on Wii actually looks cool, too. Yeah, I love from all so. reports, it seems like it's... I really like what yeah. it looks like EA is doing with this year's Madden on Wii. Like, I like the visual mm-hmm. style Yeah, change. that too, that too. And, like, uh, their Tiger If their we could just Tiger get, like, Woods, a Team Fortress um, 2 type football game on Wii, that'd be awesome. I'm excited to try... Uh, the Tiger Woods game on Wii as well with yeah. the Motion Plus, Motion and it Plus. comes bu- and it comes bundled with it. Which Does means, it? Which means a sale for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of Wii Sports Resort. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe you can get both and just get one with each. Like you know, eventually there'll be games that you'll want multiple for multiplayer. I wonder if uh, Red Steel Two will have it bundled in because that's Motion Plus exclusive. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it would. I mean, especially since they're already making obvious that they will bundle with third parties if they're going to do with Tiger Woods. So yeah, EA also kind of has big. a really cool um, like tennis game coming out that uses the uh, you know motion plus controls and and it, it looks I heard cool. It was good. Yeah, it it, it like kind of have a has a Team Fortress Two sort of art style. You know, like trying different things with the Wii. I, you know, I dig that. What um, else you got? Uh, this one is a response from last week about the same stuff. Um, this is from David B. Uh, he has a man crush on Tyler. Aside from that, uh, he wanted to chime in about game scores. What I got from this discussion and other discussions about the subject on Games for Windows Radio and other podcasts was that the gaming publications and sites have scores because they've always had scores. Uh, this is a damn cop-out if I ever heard one. That said, I do understand that there's a segment of readership that, while small, may be very vocal and who only look for a score. Yeah, see, I, I um, think, that, uh, I that, think is, that actually it's the opposite. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's part got of backwards. The, the small minority that thinks that that don't want scores, but the majority of people do want scores. Trust me, it's not it's not a small minority by any means. Yeah. There have been several publications that have tried to get it and it wasn't just like a vocal minority, it was like decreased ad sales and decreased fucking like, sales of yeah, the magazine. Ad, circulation numbers. Exactly. It, it was like it was it was obvious that it wasn't just like a vocal minority writing letters in that they listened to. To me the reason why I, I really like game scores and I and I like I love reviewing games and I it's just I love talking about games. And when you ask somebody like you know you know uh, 
Anthony, I think I asked you, you know, um, you know, what did you give, uh, you know, you know, this or that game, and it's just to kind of it's it's a jumping off point to me for a conversation. Like I really love discussing, like what do we think about this game? How, like, okay, you know, so you don't agree with me, fine. Like that's cool. Like let's let's okay. talk. You know, so I totally see that, but I think I, I the frustration I feel originates where people hear people say, "Oh, what'd you give that game?" I gave it a seven. Oh, okay, and that's that's the conversation. Right, that's the trap. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a jumping-off point, a score can be awesome, but as as the total full verdict, as a not guilty or guilty verdict for a game, it's, it's incredibly arbitrary. It's true, but there are times that if it's like a bunch of people whose opinion you know is somewhat in line with your own, just through knowing them or reading their reviews a lot, there have been times that I've been in a game store and been like, I'm gonna look up what this got. And it got like I see this game got nothing but fours and fives from even from outlets that I'm surprised they gave a score that low. I'm like, well, that's probably a bad sign. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, it's and I mean like if Eurogamer or, or Edge gives something a seven, that could be a totally acceptable game. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying like you just have to know what what scores mean because oftentimes if it's a good place that associates text with the score in a very good way. Score can give you just on the most basic thing. Not that you shouldn't not read the review because you obviously should to get the specific criticisms. But I have used it to, as a buy or not buy situation on a game I was wavering on. And sometimes we ignore the scores to our detriment. Yeah, there have been times that I've been like, they probably just don't understand. I may have two. So. But uh, you know, I mean, it's just like movies. I mean, you'll see Rotten Tomato aggregate, and you'll be like, hmm. Like, we saw one of those last week, and I will see another one of them this week. So. Uh, that's it. I think we're going to take another break. And then come back with brief letters. Welcome back to the third and final segment of Rebel FM with the letters. The first letter is from Lee Carlton. Knowing that Shenmue is my favorite game of all time, my asshole of a best friend is trying to convince me that Shenmue 3 will be announced at E3 this year. <laughs> Can you kindly confirm or deny this rumor? Deny. I'm going to deny that one. <laughs> I, I basically think that uh, there was like rumors for a long time. They were like, Shenmue 3, 4, 5 are all going to be put into one game and it's coming out and... It's supposed to be like 10 parts or some shit. That game is never going to come out as my guess. That is like the most wishful thinking that you ever heard. Your friend is just being an asshole. The closest to Shenmue that you're going to get are the Yakuza games, which are sort of like organized crime Shenmue. And Mm -hmm. you should try and find that if you can, because they're already getting to be really hard to find. So, second question is from Jordan, and he says, uh, basically he's saying, I don't really know if there are any good Star Trek games, but I've been looking to try some out. He says, I hear that Elite Force, Elite Force 2, Bridge Commander, and Star Trek Legacy are all good. Um, the reason I mentioned this is that I'm wondering if when Arthur said that Mass Effect was the closest we'd come, 
Was he referring to the sort of game the listener who wrote in was describing, or does he not think there are any good Star Trek games? Have you guys played any Star Trek games? I'd like to hear opinions if you had. Again, the only one I actually have played, and I will own up to this, is the DS one, and I actually liked it a lot. That was the Starship Combat one, right? Yeah, it's like more about rotating your ship so the right shields are facing at the right time. and Which got just raked across the coals, critically speaking. Like yeah, a lot the, of people the PC it. and 360 version did. Yeah. Um, the DS one, though, I thought was good. I so. mean, like by Star Trek experience, I mean like an episode of Star Trek, like spacefaring on a ship with a crew of humans and aliens and really getting to know them in stories and... And all sorts of different kinds of right, stuff. Right, I'm, I'm sure there are some Star Trek games that are just set in the universe that are good. But I have never played one. I mean, I, I haven't played any of these games he just said either, though. I know that the Star Trek DAC, or whatever, that just got released on the XBLA, from what I understand, I, I haven't played it. It's like, multiplayer only, first of all. Yeah. But from what I understand, it could be, like, skinned with anything. Oh. And just, it's just a pew-pew shooter game. Man. Um... Let's see. This guy, the next person says, I was wondering if you think Animal Collective is good or if you think it's hipster garbage because I think they're all right. Also, I just wanted to say that Arthur and Tyler is awesome. Although I love it when you get off topic, Arthur gets it back on topic when it goes too long. And Tyler is awesome because of his voice, his laugh, and his band. And that was from Eric. But yeah, do you guys listen to Animal Collective? I brought that one up because I, do. I don't. So. I, they're, actually, their latest album is like the first album i bought a physical copy of in a long time um but actually there's another album and they sound actually it's a solo project he sounds sort of similar to animal collective his name is um john ma m-a-u-s is his last name and like robert actually actually turned me on to them and like i'm actually loving that way more than the animal collective stuff but um but yeah i think animal collective they're they're I really like what they do sonically i think i my initial impulse is to be disinterested in a slightly disgusted way because there's like they were such a pitchfork like band um but i mean i heard one song off their new one and i enjoyed it so i don't know yeah. I, I mean i don't have much of an opinion on the them thing, other than, yeah i thought here's, maybe I, I, here's the thing i would did. really like to say about animal collective and and just bands that i like in general they do not stick to any formula when it comes to structuring their songs. Like the structure of the song, you'll never find verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, out. You know, it's always maybe one long composition that has this constant build or or just really different odd compositions. And I generally like bands that break out of that mold. You know, like uh, like the Blood Brothers is one that comes to mind that just, I mean, shit, you want to talk about somebody who has no like hold you know beholdens to any sort of song uh structure blood brothers or kings i mean i i just really have to hate a band to to say that they're bad yeah me too i listen to a lot of crap with with like fucking mathematical structure and then i listen to a lot of crap that is also like what tyler's saying i mean like one of if not my favorite band is him i don't really have a lot of room to talk shit about other people's music taste all right the next letter is from Mike LeBlanc, and he says, I was just listening to your last podcast, and I was interested in your discussion about gaming characters and entertainment. I thought I would bring the TV show Torchwood to light. Uh, Torchwood is a Doctor Who sci-fi spinoff where the main male character is very openly gay. According to Torchwood lore, he's actually he bisexual, but the show makes it clear he leans towards men. This so, is Jack, right? Captain Jack? I guess. I mean, like because that. it's the only show I've ever seen with a 
gay main character who is not flamboyant stereotype but is actually a regular semi-macho guy. I thought if some of your listeners are interested in the subject of gay people being respectfully portrayed in entertainment, then they should check this show out. Just be aware that that show actually does have a lot of man-on-man action, so if that makes you uncomfortable, or if you're going to say, like, fag, if you see it, then just don't waste our fucking time. I saw a few episodes of it, and I enjoyed it. I, from what I understand, it kind of gets not so good in episode or seasons two and three. I can't think of her name, but the gay character on The Wire, I think, is just like a great example oh, of... Kima? Kima, yeah. Like, that's amazing. Like, uh, you know, they, they didn't... I mean... In the entire series, there might have been, like, three gay jokes, you know, about, like, ugh, you I know. mean, the only the only way that they dealt with it is just, like, people saying, like, when did you know you were gay? Like, it yeah. was someone asked her in the first yeah. season, and then she, like, male cops bond with her over... Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, every time I think about how to do a gay character well in video games, I think about Kima from The Wire. That whole I show is... That's ex- how you do it. That whole show is extremely... Watch that show to learn to do characters. It's, Dude. it's extremely Dude. non-judgmental about yes. its characters. Like, everyone is complex. Like, no one is simple. It, no one is even, judged. Even characters that are evil, right out there. Like, doing evil shit. I mean, they're very human in that respect. Mm-hmm. Like, they have motivations that you could conceivably understand. Yeah, I, lo- I love The Wire. I think it's, like, one of the like greatest television shows of all time. I mean, it's fucking amazing. If you've never seen it, watch it. All right. Next question is from Jason. He says, uh, a question on the last podcast regarding the guy that won the trip to E3 inspired me to write about this. I'm finishing my junior year in high school, and I'm wondering as I begin my college search what I should major or minor in if I want to get a position in the industry as either a critic, reviewer, podcaster, etc. Journalism. Yeah. I mean, uh, work for your... uh he says, I have a deep passion for gaming and a proper grip on the English language, so I figured these two factors put together would be a good combination. Yeah, chances are if you're junior in high school, you don't have as good of a grip on the English language as you think. Uh, you may uh, be taking AP English, and that may help, but the fact of the matter is AP English teaches you to write to pass an AP test, not to do writing. I feel like I actually got a lot of really good writing experience in my AP English class. I'm not saying you don't get great writing experience, because you do, because writing in general, just doing it is good experience and having someone critique it, but I'm saying that type of writing... Like, I was really, really good at that type of writing. I did great on all my tests and all that. But when it came to, like, finding a voice that was, like, like not, like, mechanical... And well, like, yeah, yes. finding your voice just takes a lot that's of That's hard. But that's what writing. I'm saying. That the, mm-hmm. and, but the, writing, the type of writing you do in high school and college, in my opinion, isn't doing that. You know, a lot of it's just regurgitating um, information. So I mean, look around for good journalism programs if that's what you really want to do. And you should take do. creative but writing you know classes, what, like, too, just to help you... Learn to write creatively. Creatively, like if you can intern at a newspaper over the summer, like that would yeah. be good too. I mean, like that you will be doing it for free. I assure you, because they can barely yeah. afford to pay the people that work there. But it would be great experience, and it looks amazing on a resume. And and having someone that is a paid writer there is like to to guide your hand and sort of give you some experience is helpful too. Like I definitely had a a teacher at school who was pretty awesome about it. But I would say he wouldn't necessarily have to major in uh, journalism i mean my degree is in sociology and psychology and you know i mean i'm, I'm just saying if he wants to look especially appealing yeah like he knows right. for a fact that's what he's gonna do i mean that's a leg up on i the mean yeah i mean like ju- i mean journalism is obvious but i would also say like i mean 
some of the stuff you learn in psychology and sociology like goes directly into game development. I, there's game a ton design. Of, of majors that would really contribute uh, to your perspective as someone yeah. who covers games. But he, yeah, he's very specifically wants to sound like he wants to do critique yeah, and reviewing. I mean, if like you're not really designing, if you're really interested in like the outskirts of gaming culture and things that intersect with it, there's uh, technocultural studies is a program that's moving into in a lot schools. of universities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like on the cutting edge of majors right now, and I say that with like air quotes, right? Like futurism. I mean, I respected my, some places, scoffed at others. My my thesis for uh, for my TCS degree was our website. So, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, basically, you should be take the English classes that you're doing, but then you should also be writing a blog and finding someone that could critique your creative writing. That's learn to write create, creatively, man. I didn't do that, and that I'm paying for that. So, but that, be careful you don't become too overqualified, because then you won't get hired like Tyler. Um, so this Aww. person wrote this person wrote a bunch of stuff to all of us, and he segmented it. Uh, Jesus Christ! This is this is Michael Ware. Weir, Veer, Let's just say V. Let's say Veer. Veer sounds cool because you know W in Germans of V sound. Veer, Michael, Michael Veer, Michael Veer, Michael. Bring the torture instrument. I want to say I feel like it should be a drawn out I sound instead of an E. I like that. That was good. What, what was that from? I don't know. Man, you're like Tom Cruise trying to speak German. Doesn't um, work. You meant so he says chuff. You mentioned Sims Three and the latest Rebel FM. I would very much like to hear impressions of the game once you play it. Being a Sim fan, well, do an impression of Sims Three. Um, <laughs> Did you ever see the ad campaign that they were doing for the Sims Two when it came out? Like they would have artists do Simlish versions of their songs. No. Like, they had Depeche Mode do a version of Suffer Well in Simlish. That was painful no shit. Oh, yeah. That you sounds kind of cool, though, You can find it on YouTube, I think. Continue with this letter. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I can't, I'm not going to really talk about Sims 3 yet. Then he just goes into a big scary story about how Silent Hill... Oh, yeah, I remember that. ...scared the shit out of him. Um, but, uh, I'm not gonna, really going to talk about that because we all know Silent Hill is fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not trying to... I mean, congratulations that you overcame your fear and, and beat, you it. beat it. Yeah, um, Arthur. Regarding Uncharted, I have to agree with you that the parts with the mutants at the end of the game felt ridiculous and out of place. Up until that point, I was playing an adventure game, not a supernatural thriller. Not to mention the game engine handled brightly lit, vibrant jungle environments a hell of a lot better. <coughs> excuse me. Than it handled muddy caves and abandoned hangars. You have to admit the part where you come across the German U-boat in the middle of the jungle was badass. Finally, did you notice a lot of screen tearing when you played? Um, I didn't notice a lot of screen tearing when I played. Uh, from what I understand, if you if you answer. play that game, and I think that game has a 1080p mode that isn't real 1080p. And so if you try to run it that way, like there will be screen tearing. I think also in general, like at the beginning of this generation, screen tearing was everywhere. It's Every just, game had screen tearing. Really bad. It's because they didn't know how to to really use the hardware. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, I don't even know that I should read his question. To Is you. this about Jody? He just says, "Can you post pictures of your hot girlfriend?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no. that was the reason that I didn't I didn't pick that letter. Too bad, brother. Yeah, Jody is a wonderful and attractive young woman. 
What happened to having freelancers provide content for the site? Regular podcasts are great and all, but the site is lacking in editorial and reviews. Finally, can you please post pictures of the cats? I love cats. First of all, it's we are going to get some writing up there, but man, I don't think you understand, like on top of a full-time job, how daunting the idea is of like coming home and editing more I don't think shit. you understand how daunting it is not having a full-time job. Yeah, like the idea of just editing other people's shit and not actually getting paid for it. Um, but yes, we are going to have more freelance stuff, and I've already, I have contacted people. And I will be contacting them again later this week yeah, with more details. And we might have uh, reviews and stuff, but I wouldn't expect any of them to be timely in the normal sense. I mean, if so. they can be put up and and it's something that someone wants to write and they don't have an outlet to do it to get paid, then I would. Yeah, love I'm just to saying that I'm out. not saying they're going to be like the time the embargo lifts because we're obviously not trying to fucking compete with anyone. Yeah, no, I mean if if you're if you want us to cover stuff like Kotaku, like, and I I don't, I'm not saying that in a pejorative. I just mean like, well, there's no way that. A site like this will ever be like the comprehensive news site for gamers, you know? All right. Two quick anecdotes. When I was a child, the Garfield and Friends cartoon had a short, if you heard it on TV, it must be true part, where a fan writes that they want to know if Wyoming is real because they've never been there nor have they met anyone from there. Garfield's answer is that Wyoming is not real. I feel like I've seen this. Found a large square portion of the continent missing and named it Wyoming, which is Italian for no state here. What? <laughs> There's a YouTube clip, but apparently it was taken for down for copyright violations. I have three cousins and an aunt who lived in Wyoming for about 20 years. My aunt was a PE teacher, and at one time, at a teacher's convention, she told a woman she was from Wyoming. The woman's response was, oh, what state is that in? Glenn. I remember reading that letter and laughing. <laughs> I think Glenn is a Cylon. <laughs> what makes you say that? He's trying to perpetuate the lie. Man, this isn't Geek Wyoming. Bucks. Wyoming exists. Keep that sci-fi shit out of here. <laughs> it's true. We're just talking about Star Trek. It's true, but if, if I, when I read this, I could probably start to suss out the fucking uh, leprechaun things. Like, first off, Glenn. Like, what? Glenn? With two N's? Like, that's, that's already sounding kind of Irish to me. No, this really be Glenn O. McLeary. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's move on. To o. McLeary. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Glenn O. Shinings. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking leprechaun. Glenn O. McGaelic. So, all right. So this is from uh, Jason Gage. I didn't get an NES until roughly when the Genesis came out. So what I would do is to go to a terminal airport or bowling alley on base because he lived in the Azores. And throw mad quarters into a Play Choice tin cabinet. Uh, it was an NES arcade machine, basically, oh, yeah, is what he yeah. says. Yeah, you'd pay for time. It played yeah. straight up NES games. They didn't modify the games for arcade played. What they oh. did was build in a timer so that you paid to play for a set amount of time, regardless of how well you did. He says he beat Rygar, and he what? beat it on the Play Choice cabinet. So. I'm trying to remember. Is it like five minutes for a quarter or something like that? Oh, God. Like maybe. maybe. May, that would be generous. And, like, minutes in quotation marks. Yeah. Really? It probably wouldn't even show minutes. minutes. It would just see, like, a countdown of 200 200 seconds or whatever. Um, That is a lot of fucking money. That is dedication. Yeah. Rygar was a great game. The next letter is from Damien, and he says, uh, he's talking about, because we had brought up uh, the previous episode about why Australians pay so much for their games. Yeah, he he and said so this one to me. He says that they're printed in Asia, like usually China or Singapore, and he says uh, he says uh, they're printed in the same locations as as the discs I buy in Malaysia for forty to fifty dollars. You know, even the ones he gets like from the PAL regions, they're still printed in the same place. But hmm. um, 
He says, the fact of the matter is that Aussies are just getting ripped off. Import duties on electronic media is small, if there's any at all. The problem is the distribution in which games are handled by a huge number of middlemen who all take their cut. It is then passed to the retailer who puts another 150% on top of the price they buy it at. And you see where that is going. That seems like awfully high mark. <laughs> he says, my advice for the guy who complained is go is order games online. There's some pretty good stores for overseas and you only need import duties on items over a thousand dollars. And there are, there are region, a lot of places that sell region free games like, and a lot of 360 games are region free and a lot of PS3 games are region free. Our PS3 games are just region free, aren't they? Uh, what? PS3 games? Yeah. Region free. So the next letter is from Adam and he says a couple weeks back to you, you all talked about how parents interact with video games. I just wanted to share that my father who hasn't seriously played video games since he had a dream about Miss Pac-Man recently beat Peckle Knights. I don't mean just the adventure mode. He has now completed all 75 challenges, cleared every level and aced them as well. I just thought that was a pretty hardcore achievement for a 50 year old man. Also, do you have any advice on a way to get him into other games? I've been trying to get him to play Portal, but I can't get him to play anything but Peggle. Um, you show a Pac-Man Championship Edition. Nothing with like dual stick controls, like where you have to like look around. Um, Keep it on the 2D plane. What's the Marble Madness game that came out on 360? Marble Blast. Marble yeah. Blast might be good, but I don't know what he's playing Peggle on. That's the thing. So if he's playing it on PC or something, I'm not sure. Get him to play Plants vs Zombies. Tell him it's made by the same people. So. Um, Although Plants vs Zombies is way more of a time commitment than and Peggle and playing all 75 challenges. Yeah, but I mean, like you get in, you get in and do a round, and then you quit in Peggle. Whereas a Plants vs Zombie map can take longer. Yeah, like even the longest ones don't take longer than like 15 minutes, though. So I'm just throwing it out there. Alright, this next letter is from Joshua. He says, Hello, all this month I've been wondering about what happened to a game I was looking forward to. Do you know whatever happened to the vampire game called Harker? Did the company close? Did it get canned? Blah, 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 blah. Arthur can answer this one because I don't know much about Harker. Harker was canceled. There you um, go. I'm trying to remember. It was the collective doing Harker. And he says, whatever happened to the crossing? The crossing is on indefinite on hiatus. Yeah, that that yeah. just got delayed. Like delayed indefinitely which i'm sure surprised no one because they showed that shit in 2007 like early 2007 yeah it's really sad too man because i mean in light of left for dead you can do you know, yeah i mean I, i'm not really interested in the, the crossing i was super excited for harker 2 because it was from the guys that did the only good buffy game and it was like really knock down drag out intense one-on-one fights with old school vampires Dear Arthur, Anthony, and motherfucking Dirty T. That's what he says. <laughs> nice. Uh, I have recently been considering buying a Dreamcast. I mostly want one so I can play Typing of the Dead with my girlfriend. She normally hates any type of video game, but enjoys playing this game on my PC. I would like to get the system, but I'm not sure if it would be worth it for this one game. I know that you, Arthur, are a fan, and I hope that you can sell me on the Dreamcast. I have never played any games for it. I'm wondering what games besides Typing of the Dead, of course, make the system so great. Artie? Um, uh, Artie, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I don't know why you're thinking about buying a Dreamcast now. Because like, Think Geek has them in stock. Yeah, but I, I, I've also heard rumors that those aren't even actually new. Like people have got them and and saying that the systems are scuffed up. And I mean, as long as they work, it's it's getting to the point where it's actually kind of hard to find. You can find them on eBay it? for like one third of the price that well, they are. Well, I mean, then he can buy one on eBay. He's just asking. If I'm just saying, why one. would you want to buy one though? Like, I just don't understand. Like, it's um, a Dreamcast. To answer your question, 
Uh, Power Stone 2 is good. Marvelous Capcom 2 is, is good on the Dreamcast. It's coming out for 360 FPS. If you're into MMA, Pride Fighting. Uh, Power That's Stone 2 great. might actually be good for his girlfriend. That's a pretty accessible, MASH-friendly fighter with a lot of crazy shit happening. Um, Choo Choo Rocket, a lot of people liked. I was sort of indifferent to it. Alright, I'm going to read one more, and then we're done. Dear Rebel FM, I know you guys are all gamers, but what I do not know is how big of nerds you are. Other than Anthony, who's played Warhammer. On that subject, do you guys attend conventions other than game ones? I'm currently waiting for San Diego Comic-Con, which I'm going to for four days. It's just so awesome, and if you're into that kind of stuff, I implore you to go. You know, we already... Then he explains what it's about, but we kind of know that. Um, A little bit. Also, how do you feel about the disappearance of split-screen multiplayer in games? For example, my friends and I would play Resistance Fall Man every day when it came out, so naturally we were excited for the second one. I loved Resistance 2, but the lack of split-screen... Sent me, dealt me a heavy blow. I know there are two questions, so please feel free to split them up. You almost did the Asian cliche with that. What? Split squeen. Or sprit squeen. Arthur's a cracker. I am a cracker. <laughs> um, I do know about Comic-Con, because I am from yeah, San Diego. Yeah, and I've, I've uh, been to PAX twice. Yeah, I might go to Comic-Con this year, I don't know. If I, I get, don't know that I'm going to go to Comic-Con, but I do know I'm going to PAX. If I could get a press pass, I would totally go to Comic-Con, because I have places to stay for free there. So, yeah, I mean, we, we go to other cons. I've even been, I went to WonderCon this year here so in San Francisco. I. And then I I even go to KublaCon, which is fucking a, a wargaming convention in the northern, for the Northern California area. You went because friends of yours played Magic. In but the I had a, no, 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 they weren't playing Magic. That was where my friend Dennis was. We just went oh. to war game stuff. Oh, because he was showing the game that he made. Yeah, but I also went because I like war games. So it, it was very cool. Uh, I played D&D for a real long time in high school. Yeah, I mean, it's sitting in the room with us right now is a shelf full of comic books and Battlestar Galactica DVDs, a bunch of old consoles, you know, I mean, and a Games for Windows poster and fucking Lego Star Wars. So yeah, we're... we're, we're and a, a framed image from Kung Fu. Yeah, we're... The we're, game. We're pretty... And a Shadows of the Empire book on the table. So I'm just saying we're... We got, we got nerdy covered pretty easily. So. Yeah, I've been to... Um... I've been to a bunch of comic book conventions when I lived in Houston, and um, I went to one really big anime convention. Like, I don't like, I'm not into anime at all, but my brother is, like, huge into anime. And my older brother is a, a giant nerd, too, so that's where I get most of my nerd homage I from. should lend you, like, the one anime that I own that I really love. When I went to this convention, I was, like, 17 years old. Nice. And, uh, and it, you know, it took place over an entire weekend, and you know, in the Hyatt Hotel... And uh, just my luck, man. Like, I would wander around and always find my way into, like, the parties where the voice actors would be there. And, like, I'm 17 years old, like, drinking alcohol, like, getting fucked up. <laughs> so that, like, that was me. And then I, you know, my brother, meanwhile, like, he's the big anime nerd. He's asleep in the hotel room. You know, I'd stumble in at 3 a.m. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm drunk. <laughs> I just got fucked up with Cobra Commander. <laughs> yeah. All right. We done? Uh, I'd also like to say one thing. Do it. A couple things. I've, say I your play... couple things and then tell us where we can find you on the internet after oh, okay, that. Okay, I'll do that. I used to play a bunch of pen and paper like uh, Ninja Turtles, RPG, Robotech, RPG, Shadowrun. Were those uh, GURPS RPGs? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So I love that. Never played Vampire the Masquerade, though. I can never bring myself to do that. No. Never LARPed. 
I haven't either yet. Did you ever see the LARP at Davis? Nope. Like once a month, there was a Vampire the Masquerade LARP on campus. Nope. I um, can't say I'm too sad about that. Where can we find you on the internet, Tyler? Um. So, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, um, my super guide for Punch Out is going up. So, um, if any listeners out there are also playing and they know some really cool ways to get stars off some of the boxers, go check to see if I got them. And if if I didn't. You know, you can totally add yours in at mycheats.com. And if you feel compelled, you can complete the sections about fucking... Soda the, Popinski, the Bald Bull, uh, Macho Man, the and Sandman. The sooner you do it, the less, uh, the less Tyler has to finish this fucking guide. Exactly. Yeah. Finish it for me, please. And even if you don't like Punch-Out, then you should you should do go to it anyways to give clicks. So, alright. And then also, you can find you at twitter.com. At Dirty Tea. Dirty Tea, like the drink. Alright, uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash chuffmoney. You can find my writings at gamespy.com. Um, yeah, gamespy.com. Um, and uh, you can hear me on the GameSpy Debriefings podcast, which comes out every Wednesday. So, along with Ryan Scott now. Woohoo, frenemies! Ryan! Box gives AIDS. <laughs> Ryan Scott got told about that, and he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so. We'll see how long that. We'll see if that lasts through packs. Glad he enjoyed it. All right, where can we find you? Uh, more reviews on PC, PC World. If you want PC to know World? about Toshiba laptops? God damn! Like I just keep getting stuck reviewing Toshiba laptops. Um, Twitter.com slash aegies. Uh, I wrote up a Bionic Commander review on eat-sleep-game.com. Uh, also, we were going to announce what the prize is going to be for the music competition. Right. It's going to be uh, $75 either to spend in Steam or Amazon. Yes. Well, which... I think we're. I think it's going to have to be Amazon because I guess that Steam doesn't actually do gift certificates. Oh, it doesn't? Which is weird. Well, but... if for some reason you really hate Amazon and you're just a PC sort of person, we'll work something out. Yeah. So uh, I mean, Maybe like, a, I think Direct-to-Drive does gift certificates. Or, or we'll just buy you a couple of games that you really want. You that know. too. We'll do um, it basically around the value. So People are asking how long the song should be. Ideally, it'll be... 20 like, seconds. Uh, like 45. That way we can cut it off, cut like fade in and fade out or whatever. Yeah, but you um, should think about that it'll probably be like 20, 20 seconds, 20, 30 second lead-in. Like the current so. lead-in is a little too long. So yeah, but I'm just saying that even that one's like 20 something. No, it's like 45 seconds. Oh. Well, yeah, really ideally it should be like 20 to 30 yeah. is my in my mind. So um, it should have like Yeah, which we what were, should they have? You I, know, like we were watching some commercials for some like 90s toys and it all had those moments of like I'm already Uber! saying you can yeah. already, I'm already saying you could ignore all of this. <laughs> I actually think that uh you know, the fact of the matter is that we're democracy. So Rebel so. FM <laughs> Podcast talking about crooked penis. You know what? If if people send that shit in, I'm just gonna use the A team theme and call it a day. I'm just saying that if uh, if we get some really hilarious ones, we could always clip it into the middle of a show just to let people hear the ones that didn't make the cut but were hilarious. So feel free. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, feel free. To, dun, dun, dun. Feel free to send in some ones that aren't necessarily totally legit. If you think you just got a really funny idea too, I do enjoy being entertained, and maybe we'll find some way to compensate you for entertaining us. Also, uh, me and Tyler are gonna try and meet up with people at E3 this year, or we're still working out the details. So if you want to be a part of that, and you're going to be in the LA area, we're not going to do it on site at the convention more than likely. That way, we can get public in there too. And talking to Ryan Scott it sounds like it might be a Geekbox meetup as well. 
So bring your own sharpies for autographs, please. Yeah, basically that's what I was. And ten dollars. And uh, and uh, we'll we'll do it off site. So I'm not sure when it's going to be, but if you want to get invited, email me at chuffmoney at gmail.com and make sure that the uh, the subject line is E3 Meetup. And I'll I'll I'm separating all those into a folder so I can mass email you all when we know we're there. All right, we're gonna get going. We'll see you all next week. Uh, oh, or talk at you or something. Tell my wife, tell my kids, I never meant for this to happen. couldn't bear for you to remember me this way.